Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Hey, welcome to the show. Ballsy here, in the chair. Michael Ball's on my birth certificate. Most people know me by Ballsy. Been doing this for a long time in this market. And blessed and grateful to be doing that. And pretty blessed to be doing it with my buddy Sean Kleisinger now. I'm blessed. Too, yeah, man. No, I mean, we're good. We're having a good time, me and you. TGIF, bro. Yeah, it is. Thank right, goodness it's yeah. Friday. Yeah, and today is National Wedding Ring Day, but uh, it could be known as a. Uh, World's tiniest handcuff day, according oh. to married men. <laughs> no, not bad. <laughs> and uh, it is also also a working naked day, or Zinger calls it Friday. Yeah, I don't know much except bobbleheads and sports. <laughs> That's right. You are. You didn't like that, did you? <laughs> yeah, I took it. Hey, you did take offense I, to it, but I, then you went to your house, to your room full of bobbleheads, watching the Milwaukee Bucks and eating a pizza from Western Pizza. You're like, you know what? I don't know much more than bobblehead sports, uh, changing diapers, and eating Western Pizza, That's do all, you? That's all I know. I know. Uh, just 54, think, 50 burger from Yardis at the Dacumbo last uh, night, I'm, baby. I'm, I smell a clutch performance oh, there. Do you smell it? I do, I do. Hey, get uh, out of my kitchen. It's not, <laughs> not spoil it. Okay, let's get to uh, some other sports going on today. Did you check? Can you check for me while I get to other sports? The Curl Sask scores here, okay? Uh, Jets and Raiders are apparently the team's most interested in Aaron Rodgers. He was asked the Pro-Am Pebble Beach uh, what his future is. He said, I won't be going to the 49ers. The NFL and the American Heart Association teaming up at the Super Bowl. Uh, to uh, give free training for CPR. The initiative was inspired by the life-saving treatment Buffalo Bills defensive back DeMar Hamlin received on the field in Cincy in January after he collapsed on the field following uh, that tackle that he made in the game on T. Higgins. When it comes to the Super Bowl, fans are expecting a good game, but check this out. So there's a petition going around that Donna Kelsey flips the... um, the coin at the Super Bowl. It's the first time brothers have met in a Super Bowl. Jason, the center for the Eagles. Travis, kind of the goofball, uh, mouthy, rock wannabe, great tight end for the Chiefs. But I don't think we've ever seen this before. Jason Kelsey's wife, Kylie, is 38 weeks pregnant with the couple's third child, and she's bringing her OBGYN to the game. She's bringing her doctor to the game in case she has to deliver the kid. That's pretty cool. By the way, speaking of Kelsey, and you'll get tired of these guys by the end of uh, next week, but Travis told on his New Heights podcast, he told... Chiefs fans, quote, do not touch the effing Rocky Memorial, okay? Do not do that. Definitely don't put an 87 Chiefs jersey on there. Don't do that. So, Is he talking about the Rocky statue? Yeah. Yeah. I got... I touched that thing Did once. you? Yeah, I did. You were in Philly? Yeah, I ran up the stairs, too. <laughs> so did you go to an Eagles game? Uh, Phillies. Phillies? Who did they play? Uh, Washington Nationals. What's the Philly Stadium like? Very nice. Citizens Bank Ballpark. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, is there any trade of it that you like more uh, than uh, or that stands out? Gar- their, their garbage bins are Philly batting helmets. 
Like the lids or batting helmets? Folks, this this guy's an unbelievable sports fan. We'll get to that in a second. Um, The NFL acknowledged Friday that concussions rose significantly during the last regular season. The sobering outcome that aligned with the season-long public conversation about head injuries. According to data released by the NFL, there are 149 concussions suffered over 271 games this year. That's an 18% jump from 2021 and 14% higher than the three-year Average. Now, you and I talked about this, and listen, you're going, listen, back to that for a second. You're only going to make football so safe. It's a physical sport. When you sign up, you know you're in the running to have a bunch of different injuries. And, um, unless they start slapping the that foam on the helmets, yeah. they're going to have to. That the players use in practice, guardian like, caps, yeah, whatever. They should. I've said that forever. I said that a few months ago. Uh, I was at one of my son's practices in UND. That's what oh. they wear in practice. RIP to the shiny helmet days. But, but dude, what are we going to do? Do you want football or not? You yeah. might have to do that. Oh, yeah, do. And you're going to have to logo it up. Uh, although, can you imagine, you know, when you're in Buffalo in January, not so bad? How about being in Tennessee or Georgia early in the season and you have to, like, college football wear that? You'd be sweating like a son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Um now, this has been reported at the New York Post. CBS conducted a, quote, intervention with Tony Romo. <laughs> This offseason with the goal to improve his performance. Uh, to call this a intervention is a complete mischaracterization. We meet regularly with our on-air talents as a CBS spokesperson. Uh, nevertheless, they are reviewing tapes of Romo, went to dinner with him and discussed the broadcast in an attempt to get him back to form when he was a media sensation a couple of years ago. I said this, and I'm not cutting him down because it is, it's easy to cut down broadcasters. I love when the, when the fans do it or even the print guys, they cut down broadcasters. You have a chance to, Control, alt, delete, go back and erase your sentence and start again. In broadcasting, especially when you're calling a game, you got to describe it on in the spur of the moment. So, like when he says something like wizard and wizardry in the same sentence, people jumping all over him. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. whatever. He, but people were speculating. He almost said the N-word yeah, when he, they were broadcasting the, the Bengals-Chiefs AFC Championship game when he said, the Bengals are they're an unbelievably tackling team. Look at these three... He says the end, and then he stops. Now, I mean, it's open for speculation. But he's just, he. besides that, he was off. He, he, he says a lot of, I don't know what's happening, Jim, or grunts and groans. And he just has, sloppy. He's been, that's the good word for it, sloppy. sloppy. Yeah. He got $18 million a year, and then it's almost like he's showing up. I'm interested to see what happens with Greg Olson now, who's been really good. Greg Olson's taken over the league by storm, but Tom Brady, 10 years, $375 million. If he wants Brady that chair... Fox, yeah. Olsen over to CBS. Bye-bye, Romo. Who knows? Maybe. Bye-bye, uh, Romo. Kyrie Irving's agent said last week the point guard for the Nets wanted to sign a contract extension. Well, apparently that's no longer true. <laughs> He's informed the Nets that he wants to be traded ahead of next Thursday's trade deadline. Uh, also, there's talks between the Lakers and Utah about maybe a Russell Westbrook deal. Oh, man. Who would want those two players? No. Tonight it's the Raptors at Houston. Well, I will tell you this, though. God. If I had to pick one, take their personal stuff aside, I would take Kyrie Irving. Yeah. He's a great player. He is. He's won a championship. But man, yeah, he's anyway, worth it. Um, would, would the, could the Lakers swing a trade for Kyrie Irving? Bring him back with uh, LeBron. Ooh, they reunite. won a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Reunited and it yeah, feels They're not going so anywhere. Good. Hey, Dylan Strom in Washington. 
The Capitals for the foreseeable future, signing a five-year, $25 million contract with the Caps uh, today. And uh, we are getting close to a tampering zinger. The, the What did you call it? Weasel Week? It's the Weasel Week. Weasel Week where yeah. they have the Communication Week in the CFL. You're free <laughs> to talk to other free agents. I was like, going back and forth with Rob Vanstone, the Rolodex of Rider information from the Leader Post. And we were talking back and forth, like, what are some of the big rider free agent signings that have made an impact? Well, last year, Darnell Sankey did make an impact. It'd be interesting to see if they can um they can uh get him back on on uh on rider soil with the green jersey on uh, his uh, name on the dotted line. Uh apparently they gave him a contract offer. Obviously, it's not the Darnell's liking. He wants to probably try free agency. So we'll see how that shakes down. A uh, Fajardo in 2019 was a signing. That was also, we also signed Kalaros going into that year. He got hurt. Fajardo, no real fuss about him. And then he, uh, yeah, but like, came w- up big. when was the last time that we signed a player that we expected to be good and ended up being good? Well, like, Sankey. We, Sankey. Sankey, okay. Willie other- Jefferson before that, 2016. And then Tamman had a bunch, right? Labatt, Picard, old John Chick fil A. Oh, yeah. Ricky Foley, Dwight Anderson when he bought the team. Yeah. When everybody said he bought the team. And then the other big one. Where we thought this is going to be a big one was probably Henry Burris in 2000, right? Oh, yeah. Right? So uh, you can uh, turn your fortunes around or things can go miserably. The Riders spent a lot on receivers this year. It didn't work out for them, right? You know, I think Karsten Bailey was the best. <laughs> Karsten. Remember, you know who I'd like to get a, in a hold of? Uh, Curtis... Marsh. Remember Curtis, Curtis Marsh? Marsh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I that do. That diving catch down the far sideline. He had one of the best seasons in rider yeah. receiver history. I think that was 2001. He was, eight, he was 88, right? Before yeah. uh, Matt Dominguez. Yeah. And then uh, Curtis Mayfield was another one, although he ran into some law problems yeah. there. But Those anyway. Good old roughies. Good old roughies. Hey, uh, Ulmer. Ulmer, <laughs> yeah, let's not touch that one. Okay, <laughs> we're going to take a break. When we come back, a cool angle. Listen, I'm not a big all-star guy. I think all-star games are stupid, but the actual festivities are good for the fans. And this is a great interview that I stumbled upon with Mike Thomas of Football Sask and the Regina Youth Flag Football League. They are down in Vegas right now for the NFL Pro Bowl. Why, you ask? We'll get to it next. The show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. It's the Sports Cage on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. And the show, of course, brought to you as always on Fridays by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. One of my buddies in football and in life, Mike Thomas, joining me from Football Saskatchewan, who is live from the Pro Bowl festivities. First off, before we get to why you're there, what are the festivities like? They've got different games for those NFL guys. Yeah, it's unbelievable right now to be able to witness them both there doing a bunch of different stuff. You know, they, uh, they've they gone away from the traditional games as the past and have introduced this new, new format. And it's really neat. Um, and uh, be able to see these players uh, just hanging in their natural element as uh, friends and buddies off the field is, has been really nice for, uh, for us to witness. Regina has the second best flag football league in North America. It's outstanding. Uh, it's probably why you're down in Vegas or part of the reason why. You were down there with a group of local kids tell me about it yeah so we actually are uh, here and just finished playing our first game against uh, Ghana 
Um, and that was unbelievably uh, neat for our kids, the experience, the bus ride over, the chanting, um, you know, the, uh, the players, the camaraderie. Um, you know, when you talk about international opportunities and events and just how people interact, that was what it was all about. At the end of the game, there was exchange of clothing and, and pictures. It was, uh, it's, it's quite surreal for these kids, and it's uh, quite the experience. So, Mike, uh, how old are the kids? Uh, so this is a 12U tournament, so it would have been uh, kids who are turning 12 and 13, and so it's uh, quite a, a mix of kids when you look at all the different countries that are participating here uh, this weekend. When will or will they get a chance to rub shoulders with some of these NFL guys or take part or see some of these activities? Absolutely. Actually, Kirk Cousins came in before the game on the field beside us and interrupted um, the, uh, the warm-up to uh, speak with the team. And uh, you see Tariq Hill that's walking around here as well. And there are a bevy of stars that are out mingling with the players and such. So it's really neat for everyone to be involved with. Mike, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but my heart is happy for you, but it sinks as a Canadian guy. Like, can't we do something like this at the CFL level at a CFL week or something like that? Like, to me, the CFL's missing out with something like this. Yeah, you know, there's really a, an opportunity to showcase the players in their elements outside of having a helmet and shoulder pads on. And it's an event like this that could really help foster that and the growth and development of the game for Canadians uh, in our country. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that's difficult in some aspects because we've got great relationships with the riders. They're great with us and they provide a lot for our organization as well as the kids that play. But we can't do, you know, coach all the teams in the in the country. And hopefully one day the CFL will have an event like this where teams and uh, provinces will be able to come together during a CFL week to have, you know, the opportunity for players to rub shoulders and kids to be able to meet those players that play in the games. Mike, we're not competing flag football versus tackle football. You and I love them both. You played, uh, you, you run football Saskatchewan, so you love tackle football. But there are varsity teams now at U sports level, and we probably will see this in the Olympics coming up like flag football is continuing to gain steam so if you can't really make it maybe as a professional football player who knows maybe you can compete at the olympics one day absolutely you know that's one of the hot topics here of discussion just in regards to these kids that is being promoted about flag football potentially being a sport for the olympics in la and so it's something that has really been uh, augmented and just even highlighted for a lot of these youngsters that when that time comes in 28 that they would be in that age range to be able to be uh, representing some of their countries so it's great to see from the nfl international stage here and hopefully we will see some of these youngsters playing for their native countries in a couple of years you got to pinch yourself we've talked about this before way back in the day when you started in Regina we had 75 kids and now we're over 3,000 that is outstanding you got sponsors to help you you got uh, but you need volunteers probably for refing I'm assuming and coaching because the bigger it gets the more you're going to need Absolutely. That's always the difficult part is we want to be able to have as many kids as we can. But unfortunately, the difficult part becomes not enough coaches. And that's our situation that we're in right now is we're getting ready to start doing our uh, allotments. And we notice that we do have a deficiencies in a couple areas. So we're always looking for great individuals in the community uh, that are always wanting to be able to give back or looking to give back. And this is a great one, especially with the kids that are just eager to play and be able to be a part of this great game. Our organization, you know, tries to foster and help any new coach that comes to be a part of things. So if there is anyone out there that is looking, willing, able, or wanting to be a part of this, we would be more than happy to have them be a part of the RYFFL family. Okay, so I'm sitting there and I'm wondering. Now, I know, but I need you to describe for the folks out here, sports cage shareholders, as I like to call our listeners. 
what kind of requirements am I needed to be, you know, to be a coach time wise and everything like that? Well, uh, you just need two feet in a heartbeat, really, which you need right now, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, for but do you have but do you but do you have the tools, Mike, to help them out? Like it's one thing to have two feet yeah. in a heartbeat, and I'm eager, yeah. but I really don't know much about football. Can you help me out? Absolutely. You know, we've got a lot of resources that are able to be available for new coaches, both from a printed and from a visual standpoint, and, and uh, so that it's something that would help any new person come along with practice plans, sample plays, drills to run, um, you know, coaching points on any of those things. So it's great in that aspect that we're able to have anyone that is brand new to the sport potentially and wanting to help volunteer, that they have the ability to have stuff given to them and be able to relay it and translate and also be able to run those appropriate things in their time frame. So from a time commitment, it's two hours a week, one hour for practice and one hour for games. And, you know, we try to make it as, uh, as repetitive as possible so that people know where they're going weekly and that it's not too difficult to be able to manage. So the com- time commitment is very little and hopefully um, for some listeners that are out there, it's something that they'd be interested in being a part of. Oh, for sure. Grow the game as I've uh, been trying to do for years along with guys like you. So uh, if they want to get more information on that or follow your exploits at the Pro Bowl in Vegas, where can they go do that? Because I'm sure you're going to be updating all the time here. Yeah, absolutely. They can head to our website at uh, com, and that'll take them to any of our sites for the spring, fall, and or winter. And for all of the goings-ons that's happening here in Las Vegas right now, they can head to our social pages at RYFFL on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter to be able to follow along what we are doing here down in Las Vegas. Hey, who are we blowing out next? We beat Ghana 19 nothing. We had three drop touchdown passes. Who are we blowing out next? Well, right now we're watching the Germans play uh, the other team from Canada, from Montreal, and that's who we have next. And then after them, we play Australia. So the kids are really looking forward to the challenges that are lying ahead and having a great experience here. But uh, next on the docket is Germany. One of my favorite interviews of the week was this one. I just stumbled into it. I was like, I guess I should check in with Mike Thomas, see what's going on. Dudes in Vegas at the Pro Bowl, a jet center with the kids. Good job, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Hey, thanks so much, Ballsy. Much appreciated, and uh, we'll take all the luck we can get. Go, Canada, go. So, great interview there with Mike uh, Thomas. Thanks to him for checking in from the Pro Bowl in Vegas. How about that? These kids are there. Kirk Cousins stops in to say hi, whether you like Kirk (laughs) Cousins or not. But, I mean, come on. Doesn't that make your heart sink as a CFL guy? Like, it's great they're down there. They're playing Ghana, Germany, Australia. Uh, We have 3,000 kids playing in the league here. Okay, Mm -hmm. 3,000. Second biggest in North America. And we can't muster C- up anything like it. Well, the huh? CFL is dropping the ball. Like, what? Come on! Why well, can't we have something they, like this? They don't want to spend any money. They don't want to do. Well, they don't want to do the combine. They don't want to do yep. this. They don't want to do well, that. Suits. You got to spend some money to make some suits money. Baby. Talked, suits talked about it uh, with regards to a CFL week. Like I had brought that up with the commissioner. He's CFL week combine. During the CFL week, stars like, you know, get your quarterbacks in and have a skills competition or, or, or goofy games like they're playing at the Pro Bowl so that the, 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 the players can rub shoulders with the fans and then have like a flag football tournament. Why not make it a whole week celebration? No, I, if I was in charge, I'd do it tomorrow. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I don't understand. We're going to, sorry, but we're going to waste our time with these kicking 
these friggin' kicking things in San Diego. Okay, let's have a kicking. What do they? Ha- what do they call it? A kicking. What do they call it? I don't it's even know. Like, Bottom like line a- is they go down to the, like the nicest weather ever. Yeah. Yeah. When is the weather going to be like that? Yeah. In they're, the they're, having a, they're having league, a huh? kicking combine or a kicking like little expose for the kickers global and. Isn't and, that just a it, great idea? Like, it makes no sense. I, I don't know, man. Common sense isn't very common. If you want to weigh in on the show, 936-6262. It's powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. Coming up, Catlin Schneider talking about how the Colton Flash Rink defending provincial champs are rolling at the provincial men's tankard. And we'll also hear from Wavell Star about the death of a WWE legendary athlete in Leapin' Lanny Poffo. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Your sports ticker at 331 is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Give them a call at 781-2090. Well, we are in draw six at the 2023 Sastel Tankard Provincial Championship. I'm looking at the scores right now. And Team Myers is up two to nothing on Burnath. On sheet two, Team Knapp is down one to nothing to Team Flash. And on sheet three, Jacobson and Clyder are no score in the second end. Some CFL news, some breaking CFL news going down just a few short minutes ago. Wide receiver Curly Gittens Jr. has re-signed a multi-year deal with the Toronto Argonauts. So, Ryder fans, you can cross that name off the list when free agency opens up here in a few short days. And uh, as well, Janarian Grant has re-signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe? Oglethorpe? Oglethorpe. You know, for the sake of the game, they ought to throw this guy in San Quentin. He is a criminal element. The worst goon in hockey today. Oh, yeah, real cemented. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Every game. Yeah, you want some? Yo. Now time for the Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Report here on the Sports Cage. Every week we bring you the up-to-date news and notes from senior hockey around the province of Saskatchewan. Every week we bring our general well-servicing senior hockey top 10. Barry, why don't you get into it? This is our top 10 as reported on yesterday's Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Top 10 show. Yeah, quite the change. Some new teams in it. We had honorable mentions. Willow Cree, Gull Lake, Wilkie, and Assiniboia. The top 10 team in the province, the Battleford Beaver Blues from the Sask Prairie League, number 9. The Swan Valley Axemen playing out of Manitoba in the Sask East Hockey League, number 8. Lash Vegas, or Lash Burn, if you'd prefer. Number 7, Redverse. 6, Keniston. Number 5, the Kyle Elks from the Sask Valley, number 4. The Balcaris Bronx in the Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League. Three Davidson, two Kindersley Senior Clippers, and still the number one team in Saskatchewan, the Winyard Monarchs. And, Boz, speaking of senior, Barry just broke down the top ten of league. Let's get into provincials. Like, what's going on this week with that? If you're not familiar with senior hockey, this is the best time of the year. Not only are teams vying for league trophies across the 12 leagues in the province, but this year there's 41 teams who have said, we want to go for the provincial title, which is prestigious uh, trophy in the four divisions around Saskatchewan. There's A, B, C, and D. Our friends in D fired up last weekend. This weekend, more teams get underway, more divisions, some games we want to highlight. And some games kind of close to Regina if you want to get in the old uh, Volkswagen and watch one. Saturday night in 
Davidson, two of the top five or six teams according to our countdown. You got the number three Davidson Cyclones and the number six Keniston Blizzards. Highway 11 rivalry. This is going to be as good as it gets Saturday night in Davidson. Game of the week. You can't look. If you want to drive closer, maybe the wagon doesn't have a lot of fuel in it, then head to Lumsden. It's the Battle of the Monarchs. Lumsden hosting Game 1 of Provincials, and Winyard is in town. Going to be a classic there. And I like you, that, too. I like that, too, Barney. If you're, a, if you're a sled guy, you can bomb out there in your sleds. It's that close to Regina. It's cold enough right now. Although it is warming up, your Tesla's right. probably not making it from Regina all the way to Keniston. So if you have a Tesla, go to Lumsden. Right. Much closer. Like it. If you want to follow anything when it comes to senior hockey, whether it's league, provincial, we do the update every night on what happened the night before. Follow the Monday Nooner on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. But Twitter is where we give most of the information. You're going to get the updates of scores. Sometimes we release some like live. What is that? Live betting almost. You can see what's going on in the provincial loop. We talk senior hockey. We just released another show this week as well. Anybody listening in the Southwest, we just released a twirl with a guy who played 800 games in the National Hockey League from Climax. Love that town. Sean Van Allen. So you can listen to that interview when you find our podcast as well. And you yeah, you got to love it because he talks about playing senior hockey, the lockout year. And then if you want to tune into the senior hockey show, we did a little interview there. We interviewed Matt Berlin. That was the e-bug backup goalie for the Edmonton Oilers. Great story. So he's on that. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the Monday Nooner. Back to you, Ballsy, in the cage. It's time to talk curling. We've got it all. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. You can hit us up on the text line, 936-6262, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. It is time to head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. We talked to this guy earlier in the week when the provincial tankard was about to get going. His team had a bye in the first game, and you're off to a pretty good start, Catlin Schneider. Yeah, not too bad. A uh, couple couple of wins um, early put us in a good spot in the in the A qualifier to try to get to that that uh, one two game, which is pretty important. Okay, I'm a dumb announcer. Okay, not a curling expert. So <laughs> so explain these A B C D type things to me because I find it like a different levels of soccer. I get lost. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's an A, a B, and a C event. So if you win the A event or the B event, only one winner from both you get to something called the one-two game, and it's yeah. kind of a page playoff. I get that so, part. Yeah, I get that part. Yeah, so then so if you win the uh, the A or the B, you go to the one-two game, and then the winner from the one-two game goes straight to the final, and the loser would drop to the semifinal. So then if you get, you know, if you don't win the A or B and you drop in the C, you kind of, you take the milk run, and you, you have to win the C event and then go through the three, four-page playoff game, and then the semi, and then the final. So you pretty much can play like seven straight draws in a row so it makes it a lot more difficult so winning the ARB is is pretty big deal didn't you go through the milk run last year or you had some tight ones anyway oh yeah I know it all too well yeah yeah been through there a few times um I know what it takes I know how hard it is mentally physically so 
um, you know, you play a lot less games and, and it's a lot less, less taxing on the body. And, and really, if you win the one-two game, you, you have another life, right? Like mm-hmm. you can technically lose the the one-two game and still win it all, right? So, it's, so it's kind of like it's kind. This is kind of this game coming up is kind of like the golden ticket for Americans. Uh, America's Got Talent, almost. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch that, but I'll take your word for it. Well, meaning you get a pretty, you get a. It's a way easier uh, path. So I would say uh, your experience from last year really st- uh, stresses to you guys. Uh, you know, either uh, right in your face or subliminally, how big this is for you today. Huge. I mean, you know, ten in games. We, we typically on tour only play eight, so they're ten in games. They're at least three hours long. Um, and yeah, if you end up getting in deep in the sea, you can play it. You know, seven straight draws and no breaks, you know, so you're coming off, get some quick food and you're right back out there. It's, it's a long run. It's hard. It's, it's difficult. And another advantage when you're, you know, winning the A or the one, two game, you, you retain hammer, um, the last rock. So that's, that's important too. And, um, yeah, I think overall for the length of the week and how hard it is mentally, it's, it's important. Who's got to have the most trust, the third and the, uh, the skip, do they got to have the most trust in terms of calls and everything like that? Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be a pretty cohesive unit, um, you know, from top to bottom. Um, I think, you know, both, there's trust on both ends. Like, the lead and the second are really trusting us to um, call the right shots and the right line, and and we're really trusting those front-end players to, you know, uh, give us some good weight calls and judgment and and sweeping, uh, putting rocks in good spots because, I mean, Ice is great but everyone's good out here, right? So if you slip up just half an inch, you can pay for it pretty fast. So tell me about the ice. How have you found it? Really good. Yeah, for sure. It was super, super quick to start. And practice, we were getting, you know, 16-2-5, 16-5 from hog to hog into the house, which is pretty quick. And if he's, uh, Darren's kind of dialed it down a bit, it's it's getting closer, you know, 15-2-5 and uh, some really nice curl. And it's a little weight sensitive, so you got to make sure when you're throwing, you're not, you're not heavy because you'll kind of miss the curl into the house. But uh, other than that, it's great. Uh, no complaints on my end. You've referenced Darren twice. Darren's last name, and is he a guy that is the ice maker for all the big events? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So they bring in Darren typically every year. He uh, he runs the Highland Curling Club. He's the ice maker there. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy, awesome dude. Um, that's, my, that's where I practice in the city here. Um, so I, I get ice made for him all the time. And, uh, yeah, so he's been doing the provincials for years now. He does an awesome job. He's kind of got a crew with him. But, yeah, they bring him kind of wherever they host provincials, whether it's, you know, Tisdale, Estevan, Whitewood. They bring him in kind of a week early, and he does the ladies. So he did the ladies last week, and he's doing nice for, for us this week. So had a lot of time to dial it in. And, and this is a great barn here, the Estevan Curling Rink. they got a great facility. It makes it easier on him for sure. So, do you scout the ice maker before? I know that might sound ridiculous, but football teams say, hey, this guy's officiating us. He likes holding penalties. Like, what kind of ice does Darren make? Definitely. I mean, you know, um, we get different ice makers for different times of the year. You know, Curl Canada hires different ice makers for their events, whether it be, you know, a Canada Cup, um, which they call the points bet this year, or the Briar, um, Scotty's. Um, Sportsnet, when we do have the Grand Slam events, they have different ice makers typically, you know, for those events. So you kind of have a good idea going into it who, you know, with what you're going to see. You know, some guys like a little extra curl. Some guys have a little straighter. Some guys, their ice is a little quicker, a little slower. Um, and then you also know the difference in rocks, too. There's different sets of rocks. So you have that uh, that information beforehand. So you kind of have a good idea of, of what you're going to expect before you get there. And obviously, you know, conditions can change whether it's you know minus 50 here in Sask or or you get a nice you know 
warm weekend um, and what the building's like with the humidity in there, you, that can change things too. So a lot of variables, but yeah, you, you, you definitely do a little looking into who's making the ice and what you might, might see. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the weather conditions a bit different in Estevan than say a Victoria. Now you played football, so you'd be a great guy to ask this, you know, like uh, uh, a really fast team might want to play on turf, a slow plotting team, like the Manitoba Bisons when they used to water the grass before the Rams would go there to play <laughs> in the old field, just to slow the Rams down. What's That's right. what's you laugh? Cause you know, it's true. What style, <laughs> but they never cheated. Uh, what style of curling does your team favor? Like, do you, like a lot of swing in the ice you like a fast ice we do we like a lot of swing um we you know we've gotten used to playing you know on in those events that do have quite a bit of swing um typically with the slam events you know in in the past you've seen a crazy amount of curl um they've toned that down a little bit but we definitely prefer more more swing over less um we tend to the way we throw um we tend to have lots of rotation um so, you know, we can kind of get away with a little extra curl where it t- we tend to be able to hold it a little longer and ours, our rocks not curl as much as some, some players. So, yeah, we like that swing. We like to be able to kind of um, call it hack weight or dig out any rocks from behind guards that, that it, uh, are available. And, um, yeah, it just, it just makes the game, I think, more exciting overall for the fans because the more swing, it seems like the more kind of shots you can make and the more exciting it is the, all kinds of different shots are being made out there. So uh, two more questions for you. I know you got a busy day, and I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. So David Murdoch now in charge of development at Curling Canada, and I think the last time we had you on earlier in the week, I think you said Pat Simmons for Saskatchewan. Just uh, how big a deal for a curler are those guys in those positions? Like what do they do, and and uh, how important are they? They're massive, yeah. Um, they kind of have a bit of a say in everything. I mean, you know, there is a governing board that they kind of, um, make decisions with, but I mean, you know, director of high performance, I think David's going to do a great job. It's, it is funny. It's, uh, you know, I was talking with Kirk yesterday and we were just kind of saying like, it's kind of funny how we've sent, you know, some of our top players over there to coach, you know, you know, Glenn Howard, Wayne Madaw, we've sent them over to Europe and they've, you know, been paid quite a bit of money to coach on these teams. Um, and now, and now we're seeing kind of a bit of a, a karma come back at us where we're, we're, we're taking, you know, one of their top players, David mm-hmm. Murdoch, you know, world champion and instilling him into our Canadian program. So, you know what I think, you know, there's been a lot of people there for a lot of years and Jerry was the high performance instructor for, I think like 30 some years. It's crazy. So um, I, I think a mix up is good. And I think the, those people who are running, you know, the programs and, and working with the high performance teams and national teams and, you know, setting the tone for, um, you know, for nationals, for, for worlds, for Olympics, um, they have a big say in everything, and it's very important to have somebody who, who's really trusted and um, and respected. And I think you know, I think we really did need to mix up. So mm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, it was crazy news. Um, I think I'm excited for it, and I think uh, I think David could be great for the program. Okay, my daughter's name. Last one, funny one. Okay, I think it's funny. We're buddies. Maybe you'll think it's funny. Maybe you won't. My daughter's Mara. Usually it's spelled M A R A, but I added an H, so she gets Mara. She doesn't correct anybody. You're Catelyn. How many times were you called Caitlin? And uh, how many times did you want to uh, get mad at your parents? <laughs> More times than uh, than I can count. Um, I've got that lots, but, you know, it doesn't really bother me anymore. I remember with the, uh, I mean, 
known me since I was a little kid, known my family for years, all the Schneiders. And every once in a while, when he's announcing, you know, some of the Rams games, he'd slip into Caitlin. I'd go up after and, and give him a hard time. But yeah, no, it, it's all good. Um, I think people just, uh, I think some people need to go back to elementary school and learn how to read. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, man, it's fun. You are a household name now and trying to get back to your second straight. Tim Hortons Briar. Thanks for your time. Catlin Schneider of the Colton Flash Ring. Good luck. Thanks, Balls. Appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Thanks to Catlin Schneider joining us. Colton Flash Rink, he's the third. They're 2-0 defending Provincial Men's Curling Championship. The event continuing through Sunday at Affinity Place going down in Estevan. I am Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger. The text we'll get to in a bit, 936-6262. Powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. You can always call that number locally, too. Man, people are down. People are grumpy. People want, like... The Riders were a 6-12 and 12 football team, and you're mad because they haven't signed most of the guys back. Could, could somebody help me out? Like, they... they uh, I get stopped on the street. We get the phone calls, how crappy this team is. Blow everybody out. Look what they did. Are they hiding under their desk? They haven't signed anybody. They were... A team that missed the playoffs while hosting the Grey Cup, 6-12. and 12. And you want most of the people back. To, to be honest, though, it's a good sign that people are like that because... Well, they care. Yeah. They care. That's the key. You're right. Yeah. Good point. It just... It, it wouldn't be Saskatchewan if we didn't complain. You got to complain about something. <laughs> the just, weather. That's just part of it. Right? The Rider weather Nation, baby. is too cloudy. Yeah, it's sunny and cold. Trudeau sucks. Although I agree with that one. Okay, let's get out to the uh, windy. Let's uh, get out to the Western Pizza Hotline. The First Nation sensation, Wavell Star. I have wrestled against him, wrestled with him, put on some great promotions, uh, played football with this guy. Four, number forty-four was your football number, wasn't it? Yes, that was the number, my man. Number forty-four. Number four. Did that have a? Did that uh, coming from Tom? Did that number have any? Um, any uh, sy- symbolism for you, or you just got it and you kept it? And Roger Aldag, my friend. Roger Aldag was double four. There you go. I love it. So, uh, uh, Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal, Wavell Star. I got you on here for a couple of minutes here to talk about Leap and Lanny Poffo, the genius, the brother of Randy Macho Man Savage. Did you know Leap and Lanny? He passed away at 68 here. Yes, I got to meet Lanny uh, a few times. I didn't, uh, I honestly didn't know him that great, but I certainly did uh, meet him a couple of times uh, in the locker room. The last time I ran into him was just a couple of years back um, in Edmonton working for uh, Real Canadian Wrestling. Uh, he went out there. He still was in great shape. And uh, if you can believe it, he went, uh, he still did the moonsault, uh, which is the backwards, uh, the backflip off of the top rope uh, into the ring. So he still that still did that. He still looked uh, still looked really good, uh, and he was um, he's really intelligent. He was yeah. really intelligent. He was nice to sit around and just have a conversation with, not necessarily even about just about wrestling. Like he wanted to talk about politics, what was going on, and uh, what he read in the news and stuff like that. Uh, so he was really well rounded. He seemed to be a really nice guy. Uh, obviously, well, one of the biggest things uh, that he's known for is being the brother of uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage, of course. 
So uh, I think that uh, up in heaven, we're seeing a, a hell of a reunion up there right about yeah, now. Yeah, no kidding. Talk about two, uh, two, and it's funny, back when you were watching it, you didn't know they were brothers because, you know, the kayfabe, they just did a great job of separating, you know, you never knew, right? Yeah, totally. And of course, you, you go by the fact that Randy Savage was also kind, always kind of had that top marquee sort of a billing on the card, whereas... Uh, uh, Lanny Poffo was was more of a utility sort of a guy mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the shows, uh, and sometimes was uh, he would be the they would have the tag team matches against the strong teams like Demolition and, and teams like that, and he would be um, the baby face that uh, that they would give the hot tag to, and he would come in and make a bunch of moves, and then they would tag the, the jobber back in, and he'd get pinned. So, <laughs> but, but, but that is still that that is still a, that's still a, a substantial role within the company. So uh, definitely put in a, a lot of good years, and and, uh, and will be missed in the business. Towards the end, what was he doing? Was he still like kind of an ambassador? kind of guy yeah I, I believe he was still on uh, uh, like a contract with uh, with WWE and I don't know the exact terms of that I don't know uh, the um, I don't know what what they're expected to do but he was still involved and and I do know that uh, one of the greatest stories about Lanny was the fact that uh, Randy Savage when he signed with WCW uh, they kind of uh, Poffo uh, Laddy came as, as part of the deal and I know that he received a lot of money uh, from WCW and I don't believe he ever actually ended up wrestling a match <laughs> <laughs> that would that would tell you that would tell you why uh, WCW uh, went in the tank um w- was he a prankster in the locker room that guy no uh not from what I saw he he, he wasn't a prankster uh in the sense as like you say an Owen Hart was uh, or uh, you know other yeah. other rest like that that like to get up there and play uh, practical jokes uh, he was more of a guy that's like to talk about uh, uh, current events and what was going on from what I could see that now you got to remember what when I when I got to know him, he was he's older in his career, and he's a you know middle aged man and, and older. Mm-hmm. Whereas no, there, he could have been a lot different when he when he was in his late teens and in his early to early twenties and thirties. Right? You never know. So yeah. hey, do you <laughs> think around that time? Do you think Vince is going to sell the WWE to the Saudis? I don't know, honestly. I, I kind of think that the whole purpose of that was just to kind of make the, everybody uh, react because uh, it, it, it turned out to be. Uh, a work, right? Like they, 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 they released it and said that it was sold and that the deal was about to be done and, and everybody freaked out and then, and then they kind of did the all gotcha. So, uh, <laughs> that, it didn't end up to be that. So who knows? Oh, cr- crazy. So what's up with you? Are you still wrestling? Or are you like, uh, leaping Lanny doing moonsaults off the, off the rope or what? <laughs> there are no moonsaults. Uh, I do stay involved. I do stay involved. Uh, I, I, I don't like wrestling for uh, other promoters uh, that much. I like wrestling for myself. <laughs> so I have been organizing some shows uh, generally in First Nations communities where the, the main purpose is to engage with the youth and to try to give some uh, positive role model messaging around sports, culture, education, and careers. However, uh, I have uh, done, done some recent tours for RCW, and I'm just about to go on the infamous Northern Roads Tour for Tony Candelo. I did it when I was green in the business. I did it right in the middle, and then now I'm kind of doing it as this is going to be my last Northern tour for sure. Uh, we're going up on the ice roads in northern Manitoba. Uh, we are leaving, uh, I believe, 
I believe our first show might be Wednesday, uh, and we're doing that. Uh, we'll be on the road for a couple of weeks there. So up in the ice roads doing that uh, infamous tour, and then when we get back, I'll probably probably use some time to just sit still. And, and if I end up promoting some shows, uh, then, then I'll do that, but uh, definitely not looking to do a lot of uh, external bookings when I get back for a bit. Have you... Uh have you ever recovered from the people's elbow I dropped on you a few years ago at the Queensbury Center? Have you ever recovered? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I went out and I built my name and I got a, I went and got some steam as, as the First Nation Sensation Wave will star and beat some uh, really big names, including uh, Rene Dupree when he was mm-hmm. the Resistance and they were the tag team champs. And I come back to Regina and I got pinned by Baldy. Yeah, unbelievable. Peep, the people's elbow and I just put you down. It was just, I can't tell you how easy it was. You're all muscle and everything. I'm like, I'll take this guy down. No big deal. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, thanks for all your time, man, and what you're doing in the community too uh, with the Indigenous people. We'll talk to you soon our wrestling expert wave will start thanks buddy thanks man take care take care all right let's get to a couple of texts here zinger um i got this one from philip so ballsy when you talk to ambrosie why don't you express things like no involvement in flag football instead of kissing his ass this isn't just you but all media types you call them out but when you have them on the air you're sweetest candy to them telling them what a great job they're doing uh wrong Wrong. You're absolutely wrong, Phil. Uh, in fact, Randy Ambrosi coming on my show for him is like pulling teeth because I ask him tough questions. So you're obviously not listening. I, Zinger, you tried to get Randy Ambrosi on the show. He was on the show. He was coming on. This was a few weeks ago. He looked at his schedule, told his, his, uh, his planner, Lucas, who's a great guy, uh, you can't, he can't come on today. And then he couldn't come on for a week and then we'll let you know when he can come on. Yeah. Right? Oh, Michael Ball wants... No, I'm not going on the show. True I, story. I, hey, I say he does a great job when he does a great job. Like, when he changed pass interference in the middle of the season, when he said, this is getting too ticky-tacky, we got to change it. I like that. That was a great move by him. Yeah. but and, and he's done a couple of other nice things, but the global 2.0, ridiculous. Um... Uh, you know the the CF, and it's not just him. It's it's the owners. He works for the owners. Let's not kid ourselves. He's not like Bettman or Goodell, where he's the ultimate boss. I don't believe so. It's the people behind the scenes. It's it's not exactly apples and apples when we're comparing commissioners' jobs. But I have I've called him out on the carpet. I was the guy at Grey Cup Week that said, "Where's where's CFL Week?" Which brings me to this, Connie and Cooks Creek. CFL Week did get brought up during the State of the League of the Grey Cup. I brought it up. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that the answer uh, was despite how successful they were in 2017 here and 2018 in Winnipeg, there are no plans to bring it back. Actually, that was from Brandon. Well, the text from Brandon, because it's going to cost money. This is the thing. The CFL, I know things cost money. I know we don't have the money of the NFL. But if you're not going to spend money, you're not going to make money. Now, I'm not saying the CFL isn't spending money, but they need to, like, there's no reason why they dropped the ball, for instance, locally in Regina and decided they didn't want to have anything to do with flag football. And what was the reasoning that Ambrosi didn't want to do that again? I think it was something along the lines as it would attract the same type of audience. For the CFL week? Yeah, yeah. That was what it was. So we're looking at a digital footprint, which is probably cheaper. That's fine. But but as we've had guests on in the past, if you're doing a digital footprint, you better be good at it. Like, and they better get like Ottawa's doing a great job behind the scenes. So you know, uh, Blake Tideman over here at the Riders' uh, office, their video guy does a great job. So we've got some teams doing a good job. Where's the league? Let's go. 
Let's go. Maybe air the award show then if you want to do nah, video. Why would you want to do nah, that? Don't do that. The draft will do one round uh, of the draft, and then we, if you want to find it, you can go do it on online. No big deal. Like you can't just say that you want to do video no. and then not do video. If you don't brag about your product, <laughs> if you don't brag about your product, perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. So when I tell you this is the best sports show in Saskatchewan, I truly mean it. With all the guests we have, you're listening to it. It's the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And the show is brought to you by Nelson Homes on this Friday, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. This guy's been on our show before, one of our NFL experts from NFL Radio and other shows on Sirius. It is Zig Fercasi. Hi, Zig. How are you? Mike, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing real well. Not as good as you, probably. My Edmonton Oilers are playing pretty good hockey as we hit the All-Star break. But my goodness gracious, the Boston Bruins have been on fire. I know recently they went into a little bit of a tailspin, but come on. They are winning at an unbelievable clip. As a Bruins fan, does that make you excited or worried? You know, I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, I thought that they would have a decent team, especially with Krejci coming back, Bergeron deciding to return for another year, and then obviously uh, the Zaka edition and, you know, full year of um, Hampus Lindholm. And I think that uh, the coaching change to Montgomery's worked out fabulous because now the defense is more active into the play than they've ever been. So, I think it's been a bit of a revelation, a bit of a surprise, but when it's all said and done, you know, they play on this record level all they want, Mike, but to me, the only number that counts is 16. Yeah. That's the number of games you got to win to ultimately get to the Stanley Cup, so it's a great start now, and they get a nice breakdown between the All-Star break and their next game on uh, February 11th, but uh, I would say I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised, but still... 16's got to be the ultimate goal. Is that the coach of the year right there, Montgomery, or Rick Bonus in Winnipeg, or who are you looking at in the NHL right now for coach of the year as we hit the all-star break? Yeah, um, Jim, Jim's got to be one of the guys being considered for that. I mean, what a fabulous job that he's done. I think Rick's also done a very good job there in Winnipeg as the Jets are hovering around first place in that division, so... Uh, those are a couple of very, very good choices uh, right off the top of my head. NFL, let's switch gears because you're uh, very good at that too, covering that league. Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I, I talked to their voice on the show this week, Dave Logan. They were 0-3 in overtime. They lost nine games by one score. Uh, they still won five games with a coach who was basically in over his head. Uh, Sean Payton should get him to nine or ten wins, don't you think? You would think so, and I mean the defense to me is still in place, even though you know they uh, they got uh, they got rid of their key guy in Bradley Chubb. But the thing about it is, uh, you know, with it, with Russell Wilson, I mean, is it more of let Russ cook or is Russ cooked? I think it's the question <laughs> that they gotta they gotta figure out there in Denver. So obviously, you know, Sean had a great relationship with Drew Brees all those years in New Orleans. A lot of success in the Super Bowl championship. So 
you know, there's there's a faction that thinks that maybe this this could work. Uh, although, you know, Russell Russell Wilson does have his people that you know he has coaches, he has all these people around him. I don't know if that's a dynamic that's got to be worked out with Sean Payton, but I think too that uh, you know they got to definitely upgrade the offense there. Uh, even though the receivers are decent enough, I'm not sure that they have that true number one type that I think you really need to stretch a defense. Uh, the ground game was a bit inconsistent last year. They've had a lot of injuries on the offensive line, so uh, I think it's a good hire, obviously, but Denver still needs a lot of work, and hopefully uh, Russell Wilson's struggles of last year were more an aberration that may be a sign of things to come. This is Zig Fercasi, involved in a number of platforms on Sirius, NFL, NHL. So, Zig, Tom Brady retires. How will you remember Tom Brady? I Listen, I think he's the GOAT in terms of quarterbacks. I still feel Jerry Rice is the greatest football player that's ever played. But just your thoughts on Tom Brady. Yeah, I would I would agree in terms of the, the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, you can make arguments like Jerry Rice's all-time great or Lawrence Taylor, Jim Brown, players of that ilk. Uh, just in terms of the position, you know, a sixth-round pick, 1999, the or 2199th pick of that particular year, and he was fourth on the on the depth chart too when he got to New England, and then he ultimately ascended when Bledsoe got hurt in that game against the Jets, and he evolved. You know, he was basically a caretaker the first few years of their operation there in New England where they won with more defense and a running game. But then when uh, they brought in Randy Moss and they ultimately drafted Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, they really became a high-profile offense, and it was clear that Tom Brady could engineer a high-powered attack. So he evolved, like the Patriots evolved over that period of time, and then the Patriots kind of fell a little bit wayside. I knew Tom Brady was gone after that playoff game because I think he got tired of you know taking all these discounts and the team not spending enough around him. Ironically, the year he left, New England spent a boatload of money on free agent receivers and tight ends. Then he goes down to Tampa and obviously wins the Super Bowl there. But in terms of passion, in terms of drive, in terms of, you know, just being able to be a a guy that you just look at and say, you know, he's got enough already, but he wants more. There's that drive. There's that passion to play. There's no doubt Tom Brady is the gold standard when it comes to the quarterback position. Okay, so we got the Super Bowl coming up, uh, you know, two Sundays from now. If you forced me to bet Zig Fercasi, I would, uh, and I use that sweet, sweet Zig Fercasi money, I would uh, bet yeah. I would bet on the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're the better team, um, but who knows with Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I'm, I'm leaning towards Philly right now. How about you? Yeah, you know, I think the Eagles have been short-shrifted throughout the entire season because I think people just view them as, you know, a team that played – you know, good football, maybe not spectacular, and I think there's still some questions about the quarterback spot, although I think Hertz has had an MVP-type season, and their defense is what it is. Although it's going to be interesting, Andy Reid going against his former team, you know, you give Patrick Mahomes an extra week of rest now, and apparently he's had no issues from that 
high ankle sprain. Looks like Hardman's not going to play, so that's a weapon that Patrick won't have. But uh, if Schuster and Tony, his other receivers, do wind up playing, I like their chances to perform well there. And their defense may not be good as, as good as Philadelphia's, but they do create some big plays. I'm actually going to go against you. I'm going to go with Andy Reid and the Chiefs here in Super Bowl 57. Okay, that's good. Last question for you. Your favorite Super Bowl of all time. Can you narrow one down to this point? Oh, geez. Um, Well, being a Cowboys fan, gosh, I think it may have been 30, the last one they won uh, back in 1996. But, God, there have been so many other, you know, great games through the years. Um, Geez, the one uh, New England beat uh, the Rams, the greatest show on yeah. turf, the, the first Brady one. That rate's right up there. I'm not sure I have a favorite one. Uh, the Philly special, that game turned out to be wildly exciting. You know, it, it, even last year's I, I thought was pretty good. So I'm not sure I have a particular favorite one, but those games obviously immediately come to mind. And obviously another one, too, uh, wide right, unfortunately, with Buffalo against the Giants. <laughs> Uh, back in 91, that was another terrific game. Yeah, Those how, are the ones that really come to mind for me. Yeah, how legacies can, uh, can change uh, just with a, a simple play. Hey, thanks for your time, Zig. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All the great guests right here on the sports cage. Zig for Koss, the NFL radio does NHL work as well on the radio. All right. So let's get to the text at 936-6262. Also, I'd asked you on social media and we'll get to those throughout the rest of the show. Q and A. You ask, we answer. I'll answer some. Zinger will weigh in and Luke at the end of the show. This is from Gary. Hey, Ballsy, the fans are getting restless because little to nothing is happening. Not sure the coaching staff is filled yet. There's nothing sexy about this team right now, and it's un- unaffordable to build just through age uh, through free agency. We're all just wanting to get excited about the team. Even though the team wasn't great last year, there's still good players like Sankey and Dean unsigned. Thanks, Gary. Gary, yes, there are guys unsigned. Lanier the second would be another one, but who's to say they didn't get an offer and they're like no I don't want to sign right now I'm going to wait till free agency just because they're not signed doesn't mean that's the team's fault maybe the team did lowball them a little bit I don't know I'm not in those negotiations but my point is you you we watched a 6 and 12 football team okay I was the voice of a 6 and 12 team I took a lot of calls off the air Texts, messages. We'll get to some more here uh, in a couple of segments. But, like, I don't understand why you guys are – the team sucks. There's nothing sexy about the team. Free agency hasn't started. You want to complain on February the 20th that the team didn't do anything and they had all this money and it sucks? What if with the first day we get Geno Lewis and Trevor Harris? Will he be happy then? Or is he too old? Or did we spend too much money on a receiver? All I'm saying is we are always on the negative train. And listen, you have every right to be upset as a if you want to be as a ticket buyer. I can't tell you what to do. I don't buy the tickets you do. And that's the team is built on rider fans. So I respect rider fans, but give me a break. And then I got this from Philip again. Philip, I want to point this out. You've been blocked. You can no longer text us, okay, Phil? So, but you haven't been blocked in terms of calling us. If you want to call Phil and be a man, you can call and be a man, Phil. Be a man. 
Okay? Because you know where to find me, 3 to 6, right here on 620 CKRM. Corner so, of 12th and Rose. So, so if you can't get cell reception in your mom's basement, come upstairs and call me like a man at 936-6262. And I welcome anybody else to call me like a man or a woman or a human being. Just call me. Let's talk it out. Who is mad that they haven't signed most of the people back? I think they want to select few sign, Phil Text. You sound like an idiot when you make things up and go into your dumbass voice there, Ballsy. Tell it the way it is. Don't make things up. I don't make things up. I tell it the way it is. That's why people don't like me half the time. Because I tell it the way it is. I don't beat around the bush. Listen, I take more calls than you, Phil, more texts than you, Phil, more emails than you, Philip, about the Rough Riders, okay? Sorry, but I do. And people are mad because we haven't signed most of our free agents when we, once again, let me say this slowly so you get it, Philip, we were a 6-12 and 12 team. What do we have, 26 free agents? We've signed six. Do you want it to be reverse? And then you're going to be... Maybe not you, Phil. I don't want to speak for you. Once again, you can't text me anymore. Why did we sign all those guys? We were such a crappy football team. What are we doing? What do you want, folks? What do you want? Once again, Phil, people like Phil, you are going to be banned from making stupid comments like that on texts, okay? But you're not going to be banned on the phone. You can phone us. We'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'd be happy to talk to you. Oh, what do we got? Another one here? Okay, Dale and Melfort. Love it. Good stuff, Ballsy. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking for... I appreciate that. I'm not looking for a slap on the back, but give me a break. <laughs> I hate that. Everybody's a... Oh, uh, Green Machine 89. Oh, I'm really going to light them up now. Oh, uh, Truck Nuts 47. I'm going to tell him what an idiot he is. Guess what? My own family tells me I'm an idiot. You're not hurting my feelings. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Six with Ballsy and friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Calgary, she's a big Ryder fan. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for tuning in. She said Phil needs to go jump in the lake, although he couldn't jump in the lake because it's frozen. All right, Super Bowl around the corner. Pick six here, Zinger. Um, these are the best six best players to never win a Super Bowl, and then I got uh, two extra points, okay? All right. Here we go. Dick Butkus, one of the great defensive players ever. Bears didn't win a championship during his nine-year career. He made eight Pro Bowls, was a five-time All-Pro during his Hall of Fame career. He's the top player, in my opinion, never to win a Super Bowl. Number two, Dan Marino. With the incredible list of personal, uh, personal accomplishments, it's unbelievable that Marino never won a Super Bowl. He only went to one Super Bowl. 
And he lost that to Joe Montana. So he's the second best player, in my opinion, never to win a Super Bowl. Number three, Eric Dickerson. The single-season rushing leader, Dickerson's teams had limited success during his Hall of Fame career. He led the league in rushing four times, winning the Offensive Player of the Year award twice. He was a five-time All-Pro. Maybe the greatest tight end of all time, never to win a Super Bowl, Tony Gonzalez of the Kansas City Chiefs. I got him in at number four. At number five, arguably the greatest offensive lineman, best offensive tackle ever, Anthony Munoz, a nine-time All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler in Cincinnati. He played in two Super Bowls with the Bengals, 82 and 89. Never won the big game. And the sixth best player to never win a Super Bowl, in my opinion, unstoppable Randy Moss, four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, 14 seasons. He would have won in an undefeated season, but David Tyree made the catch on the helmet, robbing him and the likes of the Junior Seau of um, not winning the Super Bowl. Seau's in it. There's so many great players that never won a Super Bowl. Uh I got two extra points here, okay? Mm-hmm. Bruce Matthews, offensive tackle, guard, and center. Uh Hall of Fame offensive lineman, made 14 Pro Bowls during his 19 seasons, and he started 293 games. And then I've got a tie for my eighth. Both Charger quarterbacks, Dan Fouts with Eric Coriel, and the guy who broke all his records, Philip Rivers. Those would be my tie for eighth. Who do you got? Who do you got? I'm going to start at number six for me. Number six, I got Jim Kelly, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Can you imagine if he won those four Oh, he'd be Bowls? one of the greatest of all exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. So he has to be in the conversation. Okay. Number five for me, I had to show the hoggy some love. Yeah. I had to show the hoggy some love. So I went with Joe Thomas. Joe oh, Thomas from said, the from the Browns. Yeah. Six time first team all pro. Wow. You know, it's good that, one. that is something. That's a good one. Uh, number four. No, I like this one. Rest in peace, Derek Thomas. Ooh, DT. Yeah. I mean, that tragic car wow. accident. Man, that guy was one of the best pass rushers of all time. Speaking of pass rushers, how about the all-time leader at sacks with 200? Bruce Smith, baby. That's number a good three. one. That's a good one. Number two, Barry Sanders. And number one is Dan Marino. Barry Sanders is a good one, too. Yeah. That's a great one. Good yeah. list, singer. Thanks, good man. list. Good. But, I mean, when you think about it, you think of, um, you think of uh, like I said, um, Earl Campbell's another one. Oh, yeah. Junior Seau's one. There are so many great players that never won a Super Bowl. Probably right there, though, like Dick Butkus. But Dan Marino, when I think quarterbacks. Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton's one. When I think quarterbacks. Joe Montana won all the Super Bowls, but Dan Marino, man, was he awesome. Oh, and man. never, like, when you think about it, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, but Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson. Yeah, Brad Johnson. And people say, oh, you got to win a championship to be a great, do you? No. Are you going to tell me right now, if you had to win one game, you'd take Joe Tr- Flacco? You'd take Joe Flacco. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's his name? Joe Trent, Fl- Dilfer, Trent Dilfer or uh, Brad, Johnson. Brad Johnson over Dan Marino? No. <laughs> Are D- you, come on. Doug Williams had, had his flash uh, of he greatness. He was okay. He was better but, than those other ones. Yeah. Mark Rippon. Oh, Would you God. take Mark Rippon over Mark Dan Rippen Marino? <laughs> Mark Rippon. Now, hey, he's a Jim Canadian. McMahon. 
Jim McMahon. He rat, you know, he piggybacked he was off that defense. He was, and I know our buddy Ryan Hall listens to the show, a uh, longtime local coach in high school football. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Did yeah. you know that Jim McMahon was the backup in 1996-97 when the Packers won the Super Bowl? Yes, and yeah. he was also a backup to uh, Steve Young at BYU, was he not? Right. Or, no, he was before Steve Young at BYU. That's right. He was the quarterback before Steve Young at Brigham Young University. Yeah, but he was, he was the 1980s. 80s version of Trent Dilfer. <laughs> yeah, he was. Anyway, that is our really uh, Super Bowl pick six. The best players, according to Zinger and Ballsy, never to win a Super Bowl. You have a chance to win some cash next. It's Chase the Ace. And then we get to some questions and answers here on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 4.32 inside the sports cage, getting set for our Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase Yace Draw, proudly presented by Viterra. That's coming up in a few short seconds after our sports ticker. The Sastel Tanker Provincial Championships happening right now. Uh, Team Myers up 4-2 to two on Burnath. Team Knapp is up 7-2 to two on Team Flash right now in the fifth end. And on Sheet 3, Clyder is up... Two to nothing on Jacobson. That one is also in the fifth end. NBA news: Kyrie Irving has told the Nets that he wants to be traded ahead of Thursday's trade de- uh, trade deadline. Rather, so we shall see what happens there. WNBA news: Canadian Kia Nurse is signing with the Seattle Storm. The team announced on Friday. NHL: The Washington Capitals have signed Dylan Strome to a five-year, five million dollar contract. And Senior Bowl this week down south. Uh, Canadian Chase Brown was voted the national team's practice player of the week, so good news for Canadians. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counter, Z deep angle. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left, pass half back at zero, Z quick screen left, on one. Break. This is the CFL Report. Not too many guys in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are loved by both fan bases, but this guy is. Bombers defensive coordinator and former Rough Rider royalty, Richie Hall, talked to us about that tough defeat in the Grey Cup on November 20th at Mosaic Stadium. You know, I think coming to Saskatchewan is just, um, it's just special. You know, any time that you come there and you got a chance to play in Mosaic Stadium or the old Taylor Field because uh, the fans are so tremendous, you know, they're the heartbeat of the CFL. Do you ever get over that, Richie? Do the losses stay with you longer than the thrill of victory? Um, I think so, you know, because, you know, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get there, so you want to make the most of the opportunity. Uh, Mike, to be honest with you, I still haven't looked at the Great Cup game, mm-hmm. you know. I'll do that sometime in February. But, uh, you know, there's plays that stick out in my mind. But, you know, it's just... You know, you're thankful for having the opportunity. And then, again, you want to win it, um, but things just didn't work out. But it, it it stays with you just because it's uh, it's a pinnacle, and there's no guarantee that you get back there. So you always want to make the most of the opportunity when you, when you, when you have that opportunity uh, to be a great cup champion. And we didn't make enough plays to be victorious. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And our show is brought to you by um, Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. You can weigh in on the text line. We'll get to some of your question and answer. Uh, well, you give us questions, we give you answers, and uh, we'll do that uh, in the next segment. 936-6262 is our text line. Capital Ford Lincoln, the sponsor of that. But it's time now for Chase the Ace. 
week number four, and it's brought to you by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, and more importantly, or just as important, by Viterra. Introduce yourself, my fine friend. Yes, new face today. Uh, my name is Carly. I'm the Marketing and Communications Coordinator for the Foundation. Carly Magoo. Yes, That's Magoo. a very familiar name. <laughs> it your, is. your dad, the former NHL uh, referee. Did you ever go watch, when your dad was refing, did you ever go watch a game? Oh, absolutely. We caught yeah. quite a few over the years. For sure. Was it tough to sit in the crowd when people were heckling the refs? Because nobody cheers for the refs. No, no one cheers for the refs, but when we were in the stands, there's usually quite a few Magoos, so okay. we did cheer when we were there. <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Uh, I used to love doing dinners with that guy. What a great guy. Okay, so let's get to this here now. Um, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. We're looking for, we're both decked out. You can check us out online. We're both in the Braden Lenius jersey. It's usually a quarterback, but we know Lenius is coming back for sure. Free agency around the corner. We're not sure who's the quarterback uh, for your Rough Riders. Uh, so, uh, we're looking for the ace of uh, spades, which is the Braden Lenius card. Yep. So uh, right now, what's the weekly price? Somebody's going to win how much yes. today, regardless? So it's going to be $28.29, so $2,829 this week. And if they get the Lenius card... They can add to it. And what's the grand prize at right now? Yeah, it hit over 30K this week. So we're at 32,972. Awesome. All right. And you can buy tickets at five o'clock, uh, today once the draw is yes. done here. Okay. So well, let's get to it right away. Let's uh, draw the, uh, All right. draw it. Let's get the see what we can crowd do going out. See what we can do there, Carly. Spinning. Okay. We got a winner. He's from Gainsborough. Okay. Gainsborough. We had a Saskatoon winner last week. We've had Regina. This is our fourth week. Foundation goes towards supporting mental health, this money, football, bunch of different community initiatives. All right. It is uh, Eric Alary. Eric Alary. And we'll get uh, Abby to go take that down the hallway. So you are with the riders now how long? Yes. Over a year and a half now. Okay. Yeah. It's been a, a kind of a whirlwind, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Started off as an intern, got into a great cup role, and now I'm with Foundation. Yeah. And, and so uh, talk about your role with the Foundation. What do you do and uh, and, and the importance of the Foundation? Yeah, so uh, I'm in marketing communications, so what I like to call it is a storytelling role. Rather, that's sending out e-blasts or writing stories on players who do important things in the communities, um, taking pictures, yeah. really just hanging out with the community. And that's a big thing that the foundation does is we are out, not even just in Regina, but out in Saskatchewan. Um, we have lots of lots of stuff going on all year round. Yeah, and of course... Uh it's not just a football team, and you're out in the community doing a bunch of different things, bullying, mental health. Dan mm -hmm. Clark's a big ambassador for this, too. Mm -hmm. Yep, huge yeah. ambassador. He's great. And Lenius, it's great to have these uh, local uh, kids with uh, Regina ties to the yes. to the foundation. All right, let's get out and say hi to uh, Eric. Eric, how are you, man? Good, yourself? Doing well, man. Now, when you bought these uh, tickets, what like what package did you buy? How many did you buy at once? Do you remember? Uh, it was 100 bucks. Oh, you get the is that the hundred for two hundred? I think is what the package is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, guess what, Eric? You've got twenty eight hundred and twenty nine dollars already in the bank. Okay, you get that regardless of how this goes. Perfect. Okay, that is yep. good. That's really good. And you can buy again. You can win multiple times. Mm -hmm. I can't win. I got to watch and do the hosting. I can't win. Carly can't win. But nope. you can win again, Eric. Okay, so Eric, you got to try to get the Ace of Spades, quote unquote, the Braden Lennius card. You between okay. one and between one and fifty two, you can't. You cannot pick ten. You cannot pick seventeen, and you cannot pick thirty three. So, not ten, not seventeen, not thirty three. Anything else is open. What envelope do you want to pick? 
Let's do 21. Why did you pick 21? I was going to pick 17, but 21 is my daughter's birthday, so let's go with that oh. one. Nice, and the old number of Paul Waldo, who used to be on our uh, Rider uh, Roundtable and a coach with the U of S uh, Huskies. And, uh, man, Regina Football Royalty, too, won a great cup with the Riders. Okay, open it up there, Carly. We're looking for the ace of spades for over $32,000. And it is... Ooh, it is a spades, but it's a nine of spades. <laughs> close well, enough, eh? <laughs> close, well, not quite close enough. Hey, man, I wish we could have made you thir- almost $33,000 richer, but $2,829, and you can, along with everybody else, buy tickets again starting at 5 o'clock. Congratulations, Eric. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. And we appreciate you supporting the riders and listening to 620 CKRM. So they can get right out and buy more tickets. Yes, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Carly, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment here on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for... Our friends at uh, Nelson Home supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All right, so let's get to some texts at 936-6262, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, and some of the questions you sent in on social media, uh, other forms of social media. So this is from uh, Tommy Davidson. I'm pretty sure Philip is from Regina. Philip was a guy that was getting on my case, and he's been on other announcers' cases, so we've blocked him. In terms of text, he's welcome to call us. From Winnipeg. Is he from Winnipeg? No, that's what the text says. Oh, he thinks he's from Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 936-6262. Whenever the phone lights up, it it lights up green. It's funny. It, it's 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 really shocking. Color me shocked. Phil hasn't called. Color him. Yeah, color me shocked. Uh, this is from an anonymous texter. He must be a bummer fan. What an idiot Phil is. I'm not going to call Phil names. Uh, Phil can call me. Call me, Phil. Uh, Vince says, hey, guys, how about Jim Kelly from the Buffalo Bills as one of the uh, best players never to win a Super Bowl? You had him down at number uh, six. six. Yeah, absolutely, man. Your list was good. Uh, This from Murray in Wellwyn. How about Warren Moon? He's another one. Warren Moon is another one. He won five championships with the Edmonton Eskimos. uh, Came up short. You know another great player that never won a Super Bowl, I believe? I don't think he was a backup anywhere. Randall Cunningham. And he had the chance with the Vikings in the 1998 season going into 99 when the Broncos won their second straight. And, and John Randall is another one. Oh, John Randall's a good one. Yeah, that's Spark a really, in my, that's a really good That's a really good one. Did Tony Dorsett ever win one with the Cowboys? Oh, you'd have to. Did he? With Roger Staubach? Yeah, was he with them? I don't know. I can't remember. I hate the Cowboys. Uh, screw the Cowboys. Yeah, screw the Cowboys. Tony Romo, he's a great one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, get to some of these uh, questions that uh, you guys had he po- did win one sorry he did one yeah, yeah he did okay good good i wasn't sure yeah so super bowl 12 it was oh against the denver broncos this from chris uh, fairbank from our uh, sports cage facebook page you can follow us there too uh, are we not signing players to save for tom brady because <laughs> tom brady had said you know maybe i'd wrap up my career in the cfl because i've been pretty good in the international games tom brady isn't coming to play football um all right, this from TJ Mildenberger. I really want to know why management has been so scared and quiet. We have some seriously talented D linebackers. Is it an ego thing with O'Day? Um, 
I don't know. I can't get inside Jeremy O'Day's head. I'm not in the general manager's office when it comes to offering contracts. I'll, I'll reiterate. <laughs> you have money. They, let's be honest. They're pooling their money aside for a quarterback. They need a quarterback, okay? They need a starting veteran quarterback to come in here. They probably were putting their um, mon- money aside for Bo Levi Mitchell, whether they admit it or not. Bo doesn't come here. So who do you go to next? Is it Trevor Harris? He's probably around 500000 Is it Dane Evans? Uh, for, uh, I think 440000 So they got to We keep... found out today that McLeod Bethel Thompson yes. wants to play yes. some ball, baby. Yeah, he wants to play. So who knows if he's back in Toronto. If he is, Chad Kelly doesn't want to be a backup anymore. Do they trade for him? Curly Gittins Jr. is off the uh, free agent board as he was re-signed with Toronto. Janarian Grant is also off the board as he has re-signed with the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, I mean, you put the money aside. They have re-signed some guys, like Roland Milligan, a very good re-signing. Charbel DeBeer, I think that's a nice under-the-radar Canadian depth signing. Jeremy Clark, a nice signing. Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall. I don't know. I'm I'm up in the air about that. You know why I'm up in the air about that? Because he gets burned like three or four or five well, times a year. You, you you can't change the way he plays, but what I don't He's like, La La what I don't like is there. the behind the scenes stuff. Like what he was doing when he was calling the coach out. No, yeah. You know, I didn't like that. Uh, I don't know. I can deal with that if he doesn't get burned as often. This so is often. Uh, Scott. Scott Moore, uh, Morledge. You follow things very closely, Michael. We seem to be letting a lot of talent possibly go in free agency. What do you think the chances are we may see Trevor Harris and Geno Package coming to the Riders? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, hey, I love Geno Harris. Or Geno Lewis, pardon me. And I'd love, I combine in there. <laughs> I love Geno Lewis, and I really like what I heard from Trevor Harris. Trevor Harris was just a guy to me, but now I'm kind of intrigued. And he, he seems to be taking his craft seriously. He's working with that, uh, was it Rob Williams, who worked with Nathan Rourke? Rourke's uh, put together that launch series to help pro quarterbacks in the CFL and up-and-coming youth sports guys. He's on guys. the TB12 method. He's on the TB12 method, trying to extend his career a little bit. Uh, so, you know what? I... And I'll tell you what, man, that Montreal situation is an absolute uh, kitchen fire inside of a dumpster fire. Like, it is bad. It is, that's another bad look for Randy Ambrosi. You had Eric Lapointe, who was heading up a local Quebec group that wanted the team, and then you ended up going with Sid Spiegel, who was 92 years old. What did you think was going to happen? Right? Mm-hmm. So so now I think he probably thought that let's give it to a family with you know ties down the generation but assuming that the family would want to keep the well, team. Well, apparently it's that, wrong because well, they don't want to keep it. We believe what Randy tells us and he said the bills are being paid and he's been told the bills are being paid, but you got to think you look at uh it's a dysfunctional setup here. It makes Saskatchewan looks like the most stable place in the world with a coach and a GM on their last year of a deal. So Montreal just I don't know, man. It seems like Danny Machoch is not answering any calls. Uh, Jason Moss, I wonder if he's wishing he didn't take that job, oh. right? So, I don't know. Do you think Trevor Harris, Gino, uh, Gino Lewis? That's a lot of money. You're looking that at 800 grand for two players. But when you think about it, I mean, we, we, got, we got the funds, baby. Like Duke Williams last year, he was making a lot of coin. Yeah. Shaq Evans... Yeah, uh, you know Cody was Cody. making about five, close yeah, to like it. right there. That's over. That's over a million dollars for sure. Well, right around a million. But the thing is, though, Zinger, 
I'm I'm kind of uh, on the same uh, path that Glenn Suter was on yesterday when we were talking about this. We can ask Luke when he comes in. I the thing everybody talks about in football the two the two positions that are hard to find quarterback which is your most important position and offensive lineman. So I would there's 17 guys. Soraco's one of them. Couture's one of them. Joel Joel Figueroa is another one. Just to name three off the top of my head, there are seventeen. I'm bulking up on O linemen and getting some D linemen, and that's where Kyle Carson and Jeremy O'Day and and those kind of guys, Paul Jones. You go find me some some receivers. Who's the last? Who is the last stud receiver the Riders have found themselves? I'm just trying to think that off the top of my head. I mean, they drafted Key and Schaefer Baker, so Weston give them credit. Dressler. Weston Dressler. After that was... was His first year was what, 2008? Yeah, I think so. Weston Dressler. That was a long time I'm, ago. I, don't, I can't rack my brain quick enough, but I mean, get me some receivers. Get me some affordable receivers. Or maybe you go a, a cheaper route. Like, do you try to get a Stephen Dunbar Jr. or Tim White, who are free agents that aren't going to break the bank like Geno Lewis? I, I, if I'm the GM man, I'm putting some money aside because I want Geno. I want a okay. guy who's known like or Kenny can, Lawler, a little bit cheaper than Geno. You can go down and pick up some guys from down south that have never played the Canadian game before. You know, bank on that. But I would rather have a guy who's put up big time numbers yeah. like like Geno. Yeah, you know, you need playmakers to win in the Canadian football. Football league, you know, yeah, you do need him. You, you do need him in the football ball every every dang down. Yeah, or every second down. And I'm yep, sick yep. of I'm sick of the dropsies, like Kyron Moore dropsies. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's good we, point. If, if there's an opportunity for Geno, it's I mean, a good come point. On. It's a good point. But if you can't get the ball to your players, like O line is very important. Yes. O line is I'm very not, important. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just yeah. saying like yeah. if if it's between a couple teams and you have a you know. You have a horse in the race for Geno? Come on, man. Got this from Andrew Toner. Andrew says, We know the schedule, but not the kind of team the Riders will feel this year. Given the lack of success last year and monetary constraints, if there's a slow start to the season, how many games do you think it'll take before upper-level changes are made? So, oh uh, man, I think I think if the Riders are, like, well, I tell you right now, Craig by... Reynolds, Craig Reynolds, barring a huge scandal, which he's not a scandalous guy, huge scandal. Craig Reynolds lasts the season. They're not doing anything with Craig Reynolds till the end of the season. With O'Day and Dickinson, um, if it's in the dumps by Labor Day, oh, if it's in a dumps by Labor Day, you're going to look at a Brendan Tam and Corey Chamberlain situation where they blow it out and move on to the next, uh, to the you know maybe a Jason Shivers takes it over to the end of the year, but. Let's we're listen. It's February the third. I have confidence the Rough Riders. Let's let them play out the process. Try to get some guys signed. Can we get the training camp and see how it goes? We're I think, already I think fans are just excited for free agency. I think we have a lot of pent up energy right now, man. But if it is, can you like, feel it in your like, bones? Look, look at the first seven game singer. That's a murderer's row right now. I think we only played yeah, one Western. Teams. We played one East team, and that's in Halifax. After we've played BC in BC, yeah, I know. Like we, it's Edmonton twice, Calgary, Winnipeg, BC, and then Toronto. Like it's crazy. I still think we'll, we're going to beat. Elks. I'm not sold on the Elks. That was one bad team last year. Okay, this is a pet peeve of mine. Rick Rick Cowan sends this in. He calls me. Now, maybe it's a typo, but I don't think so. Hey, Balls, 
Instead of ballsy or ball. Hey, balls, who do you think the Riders might sign in free agency? What do you think about Nick Arbuckle signing with the Riders? Oh, hell I no. think he is better than what we had here last year. Come on. Come uh, on Nick man. Arbuckle flourished under Dave Dickinson, Mark uh, Mueller, and, and Huffnagel in that uh, that uh, room there. Um, I'm not sure Nick Arbuckle's the right fit here. No, I'm not sure on. he's the right fit here. Would you be happy, though, with a Dane Evans... Matthew Schiltz. If you could if you could trade for Dane or pick Dane Evans up in free agency and then get Matthew Schiltz. Because the Riders did have two free agent quarterbacks back in the day. A guy named Zach Kalaros and a guy named Cody Fajardo. Would you I, be happy with that? I would that? have to sit Dane Evans down and make sure that his mind is well enough to play in this market. Yeah, but how do you know that? You can't tell that. You don't know that. No, I know, but you, you know don't what know I mean. that. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and we're not making fun of mental health. That is the big that is the big um you know, that's the big red flag. I'm not either. I'm, I'm the most ill person around. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you are, but yeah. that is the biggest red flag. Because if you can't handle Hamilton, how can you handle Saskatchewan? Because it's like last year he had his opportunity to be the guy. And it was just like whether he was battling through injuries or not, he completely flopped. Hmm. I would be pumped for it if he had a good year last year, but he didn't. So I don't know how anyone could be excited about bringing him in. Do you believe Bo Levi Mitchell uh, really didn't consider here because of our coaching situation and our GM on a last year of a deal? Because Corey Liebrick says, Michael, how attractive is it for free agents of high caliber to sign in Saskatchewan with the GM and coach on one year or less? Do you think that really matters to players? Luke seems to think it does. I'll get him to reiterate it when he comes in. But he thought that was a main determining factor that Bo Levi Mitchell wasn't here. Maybe a bit, but I think there's probably more that we don't know of behind the scenes that went Mm. into the... Decision. So, uh, Michael Bruet says, which of the potential quarterbacks available free agency or trade would be the best fit for the Riders? It's got to be Trevor Harris. Trevor Harris has played in a number of different situations. Trevor Harris, just in talking with him for the first time one-on-one, seems very grounded. He's had success wherever he's gone. Um, he's worked with a bunch of different uh Players and uh, coaches. I think Trevor Harris should be the first guy they go after. I, I like McLeod Bethel Thompson. I love that guy's yeah. demeanor. Yeah. You know, he he's the he's the type of guy that you just don't want to cross. I can't man. see him. Remember when he lost yeah. the East Final a couple years ago? He was standing under the goalpost <laughs> and just staring death through everybody. This is a this is a very interesting uh, like this. If you're a fantasy football player, which we aren't, but this is kind of this is where Jeremy O'Day is going to make his money. This is where he's going to save his job, I think. Because look at this. If McLeod Bethel-Thompson comes back, and I think it's McLeod in Toronto or nowhere else. Like, Would he want to go anywhere else when his wife's in Atlanta? So McLeod Bethel-Thompson stays in Toronto, make a trade for Chad Kelly, and then get... Um, get another quarterback to compete with Chad Kelly because there's not enough of a sample size. Like, do you, do you spend a good chunk of your money, say 150, 200,000 with Chad Kelly? And I think that's what he made. He made a little more than the, than the uh, league minimum. You, I think and then you get Dane Evans and you have a one-two like yeah, that? Yeah, you, you could, but then you would have to make two trades to do. Like, I just don't see two trades happening, but... But maybe you don't have to. Maybe they cut Dane maybe. Evans and, I don't, I and don't he's a free agent. It. I don't see that happening, though. Why not get something for him, you know? Right now, you're the GM of the Rough Riders. You want McLeod Bethel Thompson? Yeah. That's your guy? 
yeah, want dude. Trevor Harris. I want Trevor Harris. That's who. That's who I. That's who I want. Anyway, nine three six sixty two sixty two. Keep the text coming. We'll address some of those questions with Luke when he comes in after five thirty. Coming up after five o'clock, Andy McNamara talking betting ahead of the Super Bowl, and we'll take you back to earlier in the week in our Sports Cage Rewind feature when we talked to Matt Berlin. Who's that? He's the goalie for the Alberta Golden Bears, and he's an NHL goalie. Yeah, he for, played uh, one night. Played uh, three minutes with the Edmonton Oilers uh, living a boyhood dream out and we'll talk to him about that that's the cool side of sports this is the sports cage on 620 CKRM sports talk lives here welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host Michael Ball show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. And our text powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, 936-6262. This from Dale. Michael, I've heard you asking players when they thought the season went off the rails. Maybe I missed it, but when did you think the season went off the rails? He's a couple of candidates. Um... I think it could have got back on the rails for the Labor Day Classic had they won that game. So I agree with uh, Shaq, who said that, and Mike Adam. Um, I think it went off the rails. Garrett Marino went down. Garrett Marino uh, hits Jeremiah Masoli. All the BS that came after that, including him with his stupid flexing. And I said it was stupid at the time, and it still is stupid. If he doesn't flex... I don't think any of this happens, but he took a cheap shot at Masoli, and then he embarrassed Jeremiah Masoli by doing that act. If he doesn't do that, Singer, and if Masoli isn't as hurt as bad as he was, <clears throat> Garrett Marino still in the league, probably still with the Rough Riders. Anthony Lanier would then have a head injury, so the in- or whatever it was. Yeah. So then the interior of your defense, the push really affected everything because now your back end's exposed and. It wasn't totally off the rails. It was starting to teeter, but it went off the rails the next week in Halifax at oh, uh, at Wolfville when Cody had been playing well up till then and then throws the interception to Winton McManus who takes it back for a touchdown. Toronto wins, Saskatchewan loses, and that was it. Never won another home game after yeah. the Marino hit. The final nail in the coffin, man, was the Labor Day yeah. rematch. After that game ended, I was thinking to myself, like, let's just wrap this season That up. was also when was Marino fun. was finally canceled because Zach Kalaros rolls out into him and he falls down and that's the guy with the concussion history and then, of course, this guy over here, uh, that's column A, column B's Marino and Marino's got the bad um, got the bad reputation for everything so everybody was canceling him and the riders in their opinion had no choice but to uh, remove him hey that was last year yeah I know but people ask me no so I know keep the text coming 936-6262 do we have him on the phone oh yeah let's get a old Andy McNamara our betting expert hi Andy hi Andy hello boys how are you doing well man so Andy uh, what's the storyline before we get to all the betting angles what's the storyline you're most looking forward to I'm already getting sick of the Kelsey brothers <laughs> I know oh the first did you know it's the first time brothers played each other yes that's the problem with the bye week to the Super Bowl. You get sick of the storylines, and it affects, if you're a neutral fan, it affects who you want to win sometimes. I'm sick of everybody just praising the magic ankle. But I think it's suspect to begin with uh, how serious it was of Patrick Mahomes and the Kelsey brothers. Oh, Mama Kelsey's being interviewed everywhere. The Kel- okay, the brothers. Yeah, they're both making millions of bucks in the NFL. Cool. 
Okay, let's yeah. let's move on. Is there? It, it's driving me nuts. Is there a prop bet? Is there a where prop? is there a prop bet? This might be the first time ever that a wife of a player has brought her OBGYN to the game because Jason Kelsey's wife is thirty-eight weeks pregnant with their third kid, and she's bringing her doctor to the game. Really? I yeah. didn't hear that. Yeah. That, that, you know what? That would be perfect. Did give birth during the Super Bowl at halftime. Be Rihanna and a, a live childbirth. That'd be awesome. Hey, I um. I don't know about you, but I really find Jason, or pardon me, a Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. They're 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 at the top of their positions, right? They they're the best tight end and the best quarterback, respectively. But I, they're both unlikable to me. Yeah, they, they've really turned into sort of like you know I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I, I call it heels. You know, yeah. they turn into the heels, and they're so good that unless you're a Chiefs fan, they become unlikable. And to Travis Kelsey's credit, and I think Travis Kelsey knows what he's doing. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is clued into it. But Travis Kelsey drops wrestling clothes from The Rock, from other guys. He knows. Because, Ballsy, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Just like in boxing, any sport, people will pay the same amount of money to see someone get beat up or lose as they do to see the hero beat him. You always need a villain. I think Travis Kelsey is embracing it. Yeah, you see, and and you're better. Uh, you you uh, you are an expert in this field. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I did bet on this game. I didn't win, um, but I'll tell you what, man. I've never seen an an official be the AFC Championship MVP. But Ron Torbert and his crew should get the award because that was an uh, that was awful. How do you have three first three third downs or two third downs or and then the third then the play right after that is a ticky tack defensive holding penalty? I I, I know the, the officiating was 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 gross. It was gross. It was. Yeah, and here's my theory, guys. Here's my theory. I, and I've heard things like, oh, it's, it's, there could be a fix in or whatever. I don't think that's the case. I think what it is, is the referees are confused. There's too many complex rules to change every year and this little bit, an illegal, uh, ineligible receiver downfield. Just go ahead, throw to the left guard. Let the man run. Who cares? Illegal shift. Crap like that that keeps going all over. And the referees are told to do this. this. I think there's information overload on these officials. You need to simplify the rules. Make it easy and let them call the game. I think there is just too much emphasis behind the scenes that we don't know of this, 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 and it's like, oh, we have to, and that they get too confused. Well, so here's, I think ultimately it goes back to the NFL. Here's what I hate, Andy. Here's exactly what I hate. So on the play in question, when Mahomes limps over to this, oh, he was a gut check time for Patrick Mahomes. He fine. Look what he did. He's the greatest of all time. He gets to the sidelines and he gets. He gets pushed out of bounds by Osai. Like, he doesn't really get hit that bad. And it's it's easy to say it's a penalty when it's in slow motion or when you got a freeze frame, okay? So you'll say, well, you got to call that. He's on the white line. Okay, fine. But what about the holding on the same play? Hendrickson got tackled for like three seconds. So you say simplify the game. They can't even get the simple things right. Well, that that's exactly it. That's exactly it, right? And what, what happens is... With the slow motion, it's so key. How could he push him out of bounds? The split-second nature of that sport. Like, I don't blame Asai, right? Like, you're in, like, imagine doing that live and having at that split second the guy's foot is on a Like, how are you supposed to see that? So I don't blame the player. He was shaken up, obviously, and and all that. And, And ultimately, when you slow it down, which is what the NFL does, 
if you go by the book, it's a penalty. But what about all the other ones that were super questionable before that, right? Mm-hmm. It does. It just um, baffles me, and it's unfortunate because that was such a a close game and could have been better and, and probably should have gone the other way. Here's the question for you. Are you more likely to win money if you just play your gut right now early on, like we're a week, uh, we're over a week out here, and if you say you pick the Chiefs to win like in, before the line moves? Like, listen, if I'm, betting, if I'm betting that sweet, sweet Andy McNamara betting money, I'm picking the Eagles. They're the better team all the way around. That's what I'm doing. And you know what? I'm finding the better money on the alternate spreads. Uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook Ballsy. So the game itself right now is a pick em, one and a half, right, for the for the Eagles. You, you're not, 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 nothing's happening. That's that's terrible payout, nothing exciting about that, right? Mm-hmm. So what I looked at it is, okay, how do you, first of all, if you're betting on, on the Super Bowl, how do you think the game's going to go? If you're like me and you think the Eagles are going to win it, I think they'll probably win it by a field goal. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm looking at that, then I'm going to look at the alternate spread on DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'm looking, okay, Eagles to win by 2.5 pays minus 102 rather than the stinker that pays nothing pretty much When uh, if you're going by the 1.5. And if I'm feeling a little crazy, a little feisty, and I think they're going to win by 3 or 3.5, all of a sudden that payout for the Eagles goes to plus 116 and plus 138 respectively. So now I think if you're going to get in early before things shift, I think there's a real value for for whichever team you feel like. And, you know, go. You can check out. they got a list of a zillion spreads. You can pick if a team's going to win by 20 if you want. Uh, but that's where I think the value is right now. That Because you have the over under 50, you know, you bet that, okay, it's minus one thing. You're not, there's no real big potential payout unless you go to those alternate spreads or props right now. Are there a couple of uh, early props? And we'll get into more of this next week. Are there a couple of early props you're interested in? Well, when I'm looking at these, I like I like the um, uh, uh, the over-under um, rushing yards. I like the, first, the anytime touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I like that type of stuff. So if I'm looking, uh, let's say, um, let, let's, let's look at one here. Let's look at uh, Miles, uh, Miles Sanders. Over under fifty nine and a half rushing yards. That one always makes me nervous, even though he scored those couple touchdowns last week. So I'm probably going to go the under on that because you can still mix in Boston Scott. You still have to take into account Jalen Hurts, right? So something like that is where we're, if you're looking at something like okay, well what what makes the most sense, right? And if you're looking at let's say receptions, okay, well who's going to who's going to command the ball? Who's going to command it? Well, AJ Brown probably five and a half. If you go over five and a half catches, plus one hundred payout. If you're in the Super Bowl, in that atmosphere, how often do we see? Now, you see the odd hero guy, random guy come out. But quite often, these quarterbacks go to their comfort zone. For the Eagles, the comfort zone is A.J. Brown. So I think that's another good play. And, but uh, Travis Kelsey, if the I wouldn't bet the, the under on him, but six and a half, if you could take under six and a half catches, pays out plus 115. So if you think Kelsey's going to, you know, Get a roll his ankle or something, then maybe you do that one. It's hard to bet, Andy, as you know. Uh, it was funny, and it can go either way. Like Jalen Hurts is like I had him under uh, like forty-seven yards. He couldn't get over forty-seven yards. It was forty-seven and a half, and I had an anytime touchdown. He scored the touchdown. He had thirty-eight yards rushing. He scored the touchdown, and then they pulled him because, well, basically San Francisco didn't have a quarterback left. So that saved me because had San Francisco still been in the game and a chance, you know, then uh, Jalen Hurts was on pace to kill my bet. So it's just funny how things can work, just the way the game goes. It really does. It really, and who, you know what? There's something who could have seen that coming. You can't predict 
Brock Purdy's elbow almost being snapped off his body, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, you, those are just things you're like, well, that, it just happened. You take your lumps and you, you move on with it. And that, that's pretty much it. I like to, and we'll get into this more next week, those the stupid sort of fun props, but there's some props right now. And I, I think it makes some sense if it's like the uh, uh, novelty prop. I haven't seen this one before, but I like it. You can pick which team is going to win the coin toss, and if they also win the game, your payout is sweet. Like, if you pick Eagles to win the coin toss and win the game, pays out plus 250 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So, if you, you know, it's 50-50 chances they're going to win the coin toss. And if they win the game, if you think that's going to happen, then you, you have wow. a nice little side bet, too. That's... It's, it's kind of cool. Just those little little options that you kind of throw a buck or two down. You're like, eh, maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. Well, that whet my appetite for next week. Can't wait to talk to you. These are always fun. Quickly working to get a holy Andy. Oh, man, I got a good show uh, that's coming out. Actually, it came out just a few minutes ago on me at YouTube, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at Brown. Go over the Senior Bowl. Ballsy, you know I'm a draft junkie. Mm-hmm. And these guys, man, these are the mid-round, those picks, sometimes stars come out of it. But I go over with a guest who is right there in Mobile, Alabama, talking Senior Bowl, those prospects on defense and offense you want to keep an eye on. There's some, some guys you want to keep your eye on when it comes to the combine and the draft. So make sure you check that out on YouTube. Sick podcast with Andy McNamara. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. All right, brother. Talk to you. Take care, Andy McNamara. We'll be back with our Sports Cage Rewind in a moment on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Time now for our Sports Cage Rewind, one of our favorite interviews or bits of the week. And earlier this week, we caught up with the U of A Golden Bears goalie, Matt Berlin, who got into an Edmonton Oilers game against the Blackhawks before the All-Star break. We stretch it when we talk Can West football. We don't really talk Can West hockey outside of Regina, but we are today. The goalie for the Alberta Golden Bears, Matt Berlin, joining me. Now you're like, why is he talking to the U of A Golden Bears goalie? Well, unless you're under a rock or not a hockey fan, you you had to have seen this uh, story. This guy goes in as an emergency goalie for the Oilers. You know, he's on the bench. They build a big lead up and he goes into the game for the Edmonton Oilers, a local guy. First of all, welcome to the show. What was that like for you? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I thought they were kidding when they told me I was going in, but it was a It was a super cool experience and uh, quite an emotional one as I start to look back on it. It's kind of setting in now, but but yeah, overall, just an all-around unbelievable experience. And it was a first-class organization move to to put me in and give me that opportunity. Yeah, so rewind. Like, when did you find out? What were you doing when you found out? That I was going to be the e-bug? Yeah, you were going to be called up because Stuart Skinner couldn't, uh, couldn't play. Yeah, so that morning, uh, I actually had my own game, but I wasn't I wasn't playing that night. So I got a text from Sean May, the he's the Oilers PR guy, and uh, he just said that I'll be they need an emergency backup tonight, and I just figured I'd be up in the press box. Um, mm-hmm. And then later that later that day, at about four thirty p.m., I was actually studying for a midterm that I had on Monday, <laughs> and he said, "Change of plans. You'll actually uh, need you to back up tonight." So. So that was super exciting in itself. And if that's how the night would have ended, just me getting to be around the guys and in the locker room taking warm ups, it would have been, would have been a super cool night. And then. I end up getting into the game, so um, pretty special night, and that's one that I'll never forget. We'll talk about getting into the game, but just set the stage for people that'll never be like you, but uh, you know, always dreamt to be in your skates, I guess. What's it like? You show up to the rink, you're in the dressing room, you're doing all that stuff, the rubbing shoulders with the Nuge, and of course uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl? 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. I walked in and uh, uh, I was greeted by like the Oilers management and kind of like all the equipment guys and trainers, and they were all super nice. They took care of me really, really well. And um, and then I think the first player I met was Jack Campbell, which everyone's kind of heard stories about him. He's a super genuine guy. Like he's uh, known as probably one of the nicest guys in the league, and and that's that definitely held true. He gave me he came up to me and gave me a big hug, and they were just gonna have lots of fun tonight and just enjoy the process. So. That was super cool. And then, yeah, I met McDavid. Um, he was like the second guy I met and he was super nice too. Everyone was so nice. Like I, I couldn't even, I, it was unbelievable. Like everyone, it felt like I was a part of the team and it felt like I'd been buddies with these guys for years. So yeah, I know it was unreal. So what's it like sitting on the bench and you're looking at McDavid whizzing by you or there's Taves and Kane who have won three Stanley Cups or even Louis DeBrusque doing the broadcast over your left shoulder? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's a different perspective seeing the game from ice level, especially when you're watching arguably two of the best players in the league um, uh, zipping around out there. So, no, it's super cool. And I actually, um, I'm friends with uh, Louis' uh, daughter and, and his son, Jake. Mm-hmm. I know them. So, yeah, I had a little chat with Louis, so that was super cool as well. Matt Berlin played in the Western Hockey League with Seattle, Spokane, and Kootenai, so he's been to Regina before as a Western League player and, of course, with the U of A Golden Bears, but he got to get into a game with the Edmonton Oilers. So take me through that. You're sitting on the bench. It's uh, I think it's, what, 7-3. You're not going to get in the game. Hey, was, this was fun. How does it come to be that you're going into the game? I heard McDavid had a big hand in getting you in the game. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, 10, it's around the 10-minute mark. Um, TV timeout had just happened, and I get a tap on my shoulder from, I think it was it was either the assistant coach or one of the trainers on the bench, and they said, uh, you're going in. And my immediate reaction, I think I said to them, was, oh, you're kidding, right? And obviously, <laughs> obviously they weren't. But, um, yeah, they just said around the three-minute mark, have your helmet on, and um, the first whistle after that, you'll be going in. So it was pretty nerve-wracking at that point, just uh, – try to get my wits about me and take a couple of breaths and relax. But uh, yeah. And after the game, I did find out that uh, it was McDavid who presented the idea to the coach and he kind of ran it, ran it by a few players and ran it by Campbell, of course, to make sure he was on board with it. But uh, yeah, I didn't even know the, this conversation was going on and I was just sitting down the bench, but yeah, it definitely speaks to the character of McDavid and the whole leadership crew and uh, the organization itself of um, just how first class they are and, and to give me that opportunity was unbelievable. Did you have any friends or family at the game to watch you? So it's a funny story, actually. My parents were actually out of town. Oh, man. Um, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And when and when they told me that I would be backing up, I needed to sign a contract, and you need a witness to sign off on the contract. And so I call, my parents aren't home. I call my brother who lives across the street. He's not home. I run I run to my neighbor's house, uh, and they're not home, and I have got like half an hour to get this contract sent in before like the league needed it at a certain time. Oh, so wow. I uh, so I called my girlfriend, and she she whizzed over and saved the day for me. But um, yes, everyone was out of town, so my girlfriend and her brother came um, and got to watch the game and and see the see what happened. But and so that was super cool. I was super happy that they were able to come, and um, they the Oilers treated them super well too. Like they invited them down to the family room after the game and. I got a tour of the locker room after as well. So, yeah, it, it was just a crazy experience. So, please, please, please tell me you or somebody PVR'd the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents my parents did watch it and recorded it where they were. But, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of my friends and 
Um, their families, they were all watching and have it recorded. So there's lots of copies. And, and also the Oilers um, gave me a recording of the entire game as well. So that was super cool. Did You, you made a blocker save. Do you remember it? Are you, are you never going to forget it? Or did it whiz right by that you just, <laughs> it, it was such a blur? Um, no, I definitely remember it. Yeah, it was um, <laughs> pretty cool, obviously, to say I made a save in the NHL. Um, but yeah, no, I, I uh, thinking about it, like, I had, it hadn't really, like, set in at all. So it took me, I had to watch the, the video clips of, of me making that save a couple times <laughs> for it to really like, kind of settle in that it actually happened. It's awesome, man. Um so after the game, uh, I heard my son and I are big fans. I never saw the. It's funny, Matt. I watched the. I wish I would have stayed up for it. I watch. I saw the highlights and everything, but I watched the game to a certain point. I'm like, because we're an hour ahead here in Saskatchewan. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. And then I get up, and uh, you're all the talk. Um, and my son said, "Hey, they did they present you with like a team, uh, a goofy team jacket after you know, like for player of the game. How did that go after?" Yeah. So I get off the ice. Um... And I, I got to do this uh, Hockey Night in Canada interview, which was unbelievable, honestly. Um, and, awesome. I, and then, yeah, I walk into the room and they, I get the game puck and I get the player of the game vest, which is obviously a pretty special moment. And uh, they post all the photos of it from every win. The player gets the game vest on their like the victory wall, I guess it's called. And so, yeah, I'm on there now, which is, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. And if they win the Cup this year, do you get a Stanley Cup ring? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you ask that, actually. I've been asked that a lot of times, and I, I have no idea the answer to that. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some sort of, uh, like, game threshold that you have to Yeah, I think for, there like, is. Yeah, I think there is. But knowing how classy they are, as you're saying, I'm sure they'll give you something if they if they somehow can win the Stanley Cup and end the long drought that they've had there since 1990. Well, man, this is what sports is all about. It's about championships, I get it, but it's about friendships and memories. And uh, you did both in that game and got to play in a friggin' NHL game and go on a hockey night in Canada. Talk about living on a boyhood dream. Congratulations, Matt Berlin. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Your sports ticker at 532s for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Eight games in the NBA tonight. The Toronto Raptors are in Houston to take on the Rockets. Charlotte at Detroit. The Pacers entertain the Kings. Washington hosts Portland. The Phoenix Suns are in Boston. You can catch that one on Sportsnet. Magic Wolves, Sixers Spurs and the Utah Jazz welcome the Atlanta Hawks to Salt Lake City. And here comes the North Vancouver product, right-handed shot. Connor Bernard towards that in the shootout. Scores! Pats up 1-0 in the shootout. He's in left-handed shot. Fiddler Schultz with speed. Stopped by Sim. Pats win in a shootout. Pats win in a shootout. They take down the Hitman in Calgary. 6-5 the final score. This is Pat Chat, and it's brought to you by our friends over there at the Canadian Brew House. Check out everything on the CBH's new feature menu at CanadianBrewHouse.com. Well, Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats went into Calgary. Over 17,000 fans showed up at the Saddle Dome, and Connor Bedard did not disappoint. He scored a goal, his 44th of the year, added an assist on a late game-tying goal, and scored the shootout winner as the Pats skated off with a thrilling 6-5 victory. In the process, Bedard 
extends his point scoring streak to an impressive 35 games. Here's Pat's assistant coach Ken Schneider after the game. You know, when we went over the third period, you know, we hadn't played a very good hockey game for 40 minutes, and uh, you know, but we kind of, you know, we knew we were only a shot away from making a one-goal game, and you know, from there, it just kind of, it started to be a bit of a trickle effect. I thought that uh, Whitehead was exceptional tonight. He just, he, he was kind of the driving force for us when, when we weren't getting a lot accomplished, and uh, uh, yeah, it got pretty emotional, obviously, at the end. Uh, seesaw battle and I said on the bench it's going to be last goal wins so <laughs> it turned out to be that way. Yeah, I know I think you're right about that Kenny. Can you maybe explain to us what happened in the final 30 seconds in which they went to replay? The cameras up here that we had in the press box from overhead view we couldn't really see the puck. What was the uh, the conversation from the officials after that goal was uh, allowed for your group? Yeah, yeah it, you know what we what we could see even actually from the from the big screen uh, was that the puck did cross the goal line, and then goalie reached back and pulled it back out. So uh, he said it was definitely a good goal, and uh, we could see it on video replay. Tonight, the Regina Pats are in Lethbridge to take on the Hurricanes. We'll have the broadcast beginning with the pregame show at seven thirty-five. Play-by-play with Dante DiCaria at eight. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show. Yes, indeed. We're into the last half an hour for this week. It's flown by. Hope you've enjoyed it. 936-6262, the number to text. want to say hi to my buddy Lance Ford, longtime high school coach. His son is playing down there at St. FX. Uh, uh, Ryan. Um, what a great show. Absolutely fantastic. Love the last guest, which was Matt Berlin of the U of A Golden Bears. We're going to talk. He's, uh, I don't think he's still teaching there, or he is still teaching there at Winston Old. They got the uh, Rochdale Invitational Tournament, the Junior Basketball Tournament. Of course, LIT, the storied high school basketball tournament, is coming up uh, next week. All right. So uh, our, uh, pl- our play-by-play team consists of yours truly, Sean Kleisinger, who is the OC and DC behind the scenes, uh, being the operator. But our color commentator is Luke Molitor on the Rough Rider Radio Network. And he's brought the brains and the good looks into the control room. His son Luther is here. Luther is four years old. Say hi to the folks, Luther. Say hi into that mic. Say hi. No, there you go. Okay, so I need you to say hi to your mom. Can you say hi to your mom? Hi, Mom. And what's your sister's name? What's Maddie. your sister? Maddie. Say hi, Maddie. Hi, Maddie. And what are the dogs' names? What are the dogs' names? Tell me what the dogs' names are. <laughs> Say hi to Onyx and Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> he got shy. He's not. He, he hey you. He's not shy like you. Or you're not shy like him, Luke. He's he's shy, man. <laughs> no, he just doesn't. He, you know, he. he I, I, I think he's, he's a little bit awestruck here by all the equipment and stuff like that. So I'm glad he's here. I good good looking kid. Good thing he looks like mom. Yeah, okay, Luke, yeah. free agency coming here, buddy. The, the, if you could sign one player off the hop, who are you signing? Anthony Lanier. That's a good one. Well, you almost picked him as defensive player of the year for the Rough Riders. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I think though, you, you obviously with AC Leonard uh, no longer mm-hmm. on the books for the team, I, I think that you've got to bring Lanier in. 
the production at the defensive tackle spot dropped off when Garrett Marino mm-hmm. um, was no longer on the team, but it really sort of plummeted when they didn't have Lanier out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he he requires constant attention. Um, he's a guy that's gonna gonna attract a double team uh, when you're pass rushing. He's so athletic for such a big guy. That guy is so quick, and um, he really makes a difference. I watched him there. You know that saying we have in the booth, uh, sometimes making the play isn't always making the tackle. He's a guy who makes plays for everybody else. Um, uh, there were plenty of times where his athleticism and his ability to just cancel a gap um, and get the offensive line off schedule when it comes to where they wanted to block or where they wanted the scheme to go uh, opened up the field to play for so many other people. So I think that uh, I, I would right away um, look to get that guy back in the building and then I'd focus on the offensive line. Are you are you shocked that then that the Riders have like some fans are upset that the Riders haven't done much and I'm like they were a six and twelve team how much do you want them to do now Lanier's not signed Sankey's not signed I, I don't know if they've been offered contracts maybe they're not offered something to their liking maybe these guys are just waiting it out to see what they can get on the market are you surprised that either of those guys aren't locked up yet ahead of free agency well the one thing you have to remember fans out there um, and you know this is is a lot of the times there's guys that are already signed um, but the team just doesn't release the announcement yep. right they, they yep. stagger it I remember there was a, I knew a couple guys were signed last year and, and it took them forever to to, to make the announcement. And, and who knows why they do that, right? Yeah. Like strategically. But um, I, I think that, too, um, if you read into some of the things that Coach um, Dickinson said when he was talking to you, it was... Yeah. It was there's a clear sort of path to having some some new bodies in the locker room, right? I think they, they're reevaluating the core slowly, mm-hmm. right? And I think they understand that, hey, every core has uh, essentially an expiration date. And, uh, you know, you've got to bring in new guys to, to build foundations around. So uh, I would I would expect them to be active, right? Yeah. Um, because, well, they got the most money to spend well, of they anybody. Got, yeah, they got the most money to spend. But, uh, but the, the big piece of it, too, though, is that teams also want to sign their guys, mm-hmm. right? And we're starting to see those announcements, right. right? Especially Curly Gittins Jr., right. Janarian Grant, yeah. And, and you know, there's been some offensive line yeah. that you and I have specifically, yeah. but I hope he gets to free agency. Yeah. Ah, nope, he's not getting Could to free sure agency. a guy out there, Sirocco's a guy out there, and there's also Figueroa. Well, look, I, I think Sirocco would be the guy to go get. I love... Couture's game. Yeah. I really do. He was banged up last year. Yeah, he was banged up last year. He was never the biggest guy. And I watched tape on him out of of college. And you could tell that, you know, he was... He didn't even have the body that was going to put on a ton of weight, mm-hmm. right? But he he makes he he's a he's a really good football player, yeah. And he's a smart kid. He's played a number of spots out there for Winnipeg, so he's a guy I think that could come in and, and really push for some serious minutes. Uh, and uh, again, you know, Figueroa. You'd have to evaluate just sort of, okay, like what money do we, are we able to invest here with a player of, of A, this guy's caliber, caliber, but also, um, where he is in his own career path, which is, which is probably on the other side. 
yeah. of of being in the, in his prime. Royce Mechie, the uh, brother of uh, the Mechie kid who went to Alabama and uh, has leukemia now, I think. Uh, he has re-signed with the Toronto Argonauts, so that's yeah. a nice uh, signing. Um, Haggerty backed him up, actually. Mechie's got game, too. Yeah, he does have game. Yeah, he's, he's a great got some game, Swiss yeah. Army Knife kind yeah, of player. Yeah. So I don't see McLeod Bethel Thompson who says he wants to play again, and we knew that because we had Chad Kelly on a couple of weeks ago. I don't see McLeod Bethel Thompson playing anywhere else but Toronto. Why would he move further away from, like his wife's in Atlanta, his family's in Atlanta, it's an easier flight than, say, to go to Saskatchewan. Like, if if you're the Riders... Every, every flight yeah, is no, easier yeah, right that's now. What I'm kidding. Yeah. So, who... Who would you target as your because line? I agree with you. O line is important. Lanier is important, and then you got to have a quarterback. Have a Who's your quarterback? Got to have a QB. I think that uh, obviously, I don't. I don't know about McLeod Bethel Thompson. No, in, I don't in terms either. Of him coming here, I don't think he will either. I, I, I would say that. Um, news travels fast, right? And yeah. for a guy that's going to want to see his family, and yeah. it doesn't sound like like money is a big deal for him. Either, He's driving. Oh, his wife's right? got a really and, good job. Yeah, well, yeah. What a what a win that for that guy. But yeah. you, but why I say that is is when money's not sort of the the overall overriding factor. You know what usually is winning. Yeah, and if you look at. The, the schedules that Rider Nation is currently on <laughs> and he's on with the Argos, one would venture to say, well, there's probably a better likelihood of winning a, a great cup again in Toronto versus going where Saskatchewan is, is really resetting in some in some critical areas. First time I've had a one-on-one with Trevor Harris was this week. Yeah. Seems like a really grounded, good individual. He's been around a lot of different players, a lot of different coaches, a lot of different situations. I think Trevor Harris should be their their guy. I, you know what? I think that I think that with Trevor Harris, if he comes in and is your guy, the key to success there is understanding that Trevor Harris isn't going to be the locker room leader. Yeah. I think that you have to understand that he's going to be a great player. He's going to fit into the system. He's going to be able to make all the throws, but he's not going to be the guy that leads the locker room. So, in knowing that, you need to look at the guys that you have in there that you know you're going to keep, and also you need to look at the guys you're going to bring in, and you have to say to yourself, okay, well, well, we need locker room leaders. We need on-field leaders because – it has seemed over his career that he's had a good career, mm-hmm. but you would never say about Trevor Harris, "Oh man, there's a guy I want leading my team." Yeah, that's a good you point. want him as a, you want him as a, and 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 that's not a that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it, you have to know it, and you have to understand it and build around it. And the and the one thing you can't do is expect him to change. And and he'll give you all the company lines, right? Mm-hmm. He like he's re- if you look at it, the, I, I've seen some comments he's made recently yeah. about Saskatchewan and stuff. And on and, our show, and yeah, and some of the things though, the, some of the things though he he's said before, you've heard him say yeah. it before, right? Yeah. So I think that you just need to understand. Hey, look, this isn't the guy that's that's gonna that's gonna lead us, and then that we're gonna want to run through a wall for. Mm-hmm. So I got this uh, from Scott. He wants to know, are you guys concerned about the Alouette situation? Of course. Of course. Yeah, I think that um, I know a little bit more about that situation, fortunately, just because of my connection uh, to that community and yep. one of my best friends, Tim Fleiser. Yep. And, and very early on last year, when, I, when, we were, when we were in Montreal, Flies was telling me about just the real situation where you know, everybody was sort of had, this, uh, had the, their focus and attention on Gary Stern. Yep. And Tim used to say, well, Gary has zero to do with anything there. Gary is essentially the stepson of the Spiegel. of 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 Mr. Spiegel.
Siegel and, and he passed and even then Tim was saying now that he's not there like there's no interest from the family to, to continue on with that team so I, you, of course you're concerned you need your major centers Yeah, you need your major centers it's absolutely critical that you have them and so I, I think that the I think that the Board of Governors and and the stakeholders of the Canadian Football League, I, I think they are pretty concerned about it, and I think we should be too, because because there's a reason that they're for sale or they're going to be for sale again. There's a reason why this team, since the Wetton Halls, right? And unfortunately, I think that when the Wetton Halls left, I think that the effort there on their on behalf of their family was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Robert was a, a, an incredible owner and an incredible person, and I think his sons really wanted to to continue along with that. But when the Wetton Halls departed from the Montreal Alouettes, the team was already on the on the downslide. The best case scenario to switch ownership, especially in the CFL, would be when the teams either either plateauing and there's still potential to build, yeah. or when it's when when it's when it's just at when it's time for somebody who can take the next step with the team. Like the BC Lions when Braley left for Dolman. Yeah, right? for sure. Hey, we're going to take a break. Be back to wrap up with Luke and get to our RIT interview. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Finger roll takes on Zubac. Giannis going to fire a three. And it's good. And Giannis out of the Kupo. Scores 54 points. Milwaukee Bucks won their sixth straight with a 106-105 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers on Thursday night. And to Dacumbo's 54 points for the second highest scoring total of his career. Just one shy of the 55 he put up against the Washington Wizards on January 3rd. But check this out. Coming into the season, Ante Dacumbo had just three 50-point outings to his name in nine years. He now has three in the last month. Giannis Antetokounmpo, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fan Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. That, the, the three names that always got me, Antetokounmpo, Tua Tonga Vailoa, and uh, remember uh, Brandon Manu Maliuna? The, the tight end? Yeah, yeah. Or there was Alfred Pupanu. Alfred Pupanu, the tight end for the Chargers back in the day. As the color commentator, I remember thinking, uh, there's some names I always look at and be like, I hope he never makes a play because I'm not going to be able to say it. <laughs> well, a couple times I remember last year when like, 42 made a great play. Yeah, yeah, yeah because <laughs> I got, couldn't say his name. But probably. what's your middle name again? Sione Tama. That's right. So yeah. Sione Tuahema. That was the guy for the BC Lions. Yeah. You corrected me. I screwed it up. You got it right. Luke Molitor joining me here and his son, Luther. Now, Luther, your your dad played for the Rough Riders. He's a radio announcer. I need you on the count of three to say that, what I told you to say. Ready? One, two, two three. Go Riders. Yeah, go Riders. And you want to say hi to your buddy, too? What's your buddy's name? Nash. Say hi, Nash. Hi, Nash. There you go. He's five. Okay, Luke, a couple more quick questions yeah. before we let you go. In hindsight, Brandon Renneberg wants to know, in hindsight, do you think the league regrets shutting down for COVID? Ooh. The NFL or no, the, our the league. CFL? Our league was what, the only... a great, what a great question. Uh, no. 
No. No, I don't think so. I think that um, you have to remember the revenue model of the Canadian Football League prior to COVID. It was a butts in seats model. It wasn't based, it's not like, it's the complete opposite of the NFL where they could play in empty stadiums because they don't care about the revenue brought into the stadiums and the butts in the seats. All their revenue comes from TV contracts and gambling and, mm-hmm. and advertisers, right? And so their corporate partnerships carry the NFL, right? So they, 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 they of course they wanted that money, but yeah. it wasn't the biggest pull in the Canadian Football League that's all it was so if you had empty stadiums and a league running you would have all expenses going out and nothing coming in I heard the reason why Bob Young's got a great cup a second great cup right away like two out of the last three is because he wanted to play the games he was going to foot most of the bill it got turned down so he was mad and it was he was going to walk away from the team that, that's what I heard and they said hey whoa, whoa, whoa we'll give you another we'll give you another great cup right away that's what I had heard well uh, and you know what? That's totally believable. And um, and here's the thing about Bob Young. That sounds exactly like something Bob Young would do. Yeah. Because that guy, he's literally is the caretaker. Taker. Yeah. He he has done everything he can for the Canadian Football League. These these owners in the Canadian Football League are truly the best dudes because they just they, they don't care about making money. Well, they definitely yeah. they, they know they're not going to make money on their Canadian, and they still do it because they care about the game and they care about the experience that Canadians get from this game. Last question for you from Derek Williams. What do you think about fine as a starting quarterback as long as they spend money to put everything around them, like a line and some weapons? Yeah, no, I I think that Mason Fine did fine. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's probably yeah. the, the, the best way to put the the window of playing opportunity he had last year. I think he he didn't wow anybody, but he didn't do. But but that's that's essentially what you're going to need to do, right? Is 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 whatever quarterbacks you're, you're going to get in there, mm-hmm. you're going to have to you're going to have to build around them. So if it's Trevor Harris, you're going to need leaders and offensive line. If it's Mason Fine, you're going to need playmakers, and you're going to need right. So yeah. So every guy that you can possibly put in that position is going to need something built around them. That that's just the, where this team is right now in their journey. They don't have a guy like Darian Durant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you could spend money and put things, resources into other places because you knew you had a stud yeah. that everybody would run through the wall for. Yeah. Right? You He's still fighting in his way. Yeah. You've got to put infrastructure around whoever you're going to bring in. Lastly, you had your uh, Red Cross Gala. Just you want to give a shout out to some of the sponsors here before I let you oh, go? Oh man, you know what? We, we, we returned for the first time in three years since pre-COVID uh, doing the event for the first time last year. Uh, for the first time this year, excuse me, it was yesterday. It was fantastic. I, I just want to, I more importantly want to thank our, our staff and volunteers. They really yeah. worked so hard to get this thing off the ground, and our sponsors do everything for us. And, and you know, there's a connection with Harvard Radio there, too, yeah. because, um, you know, the Hill Group of Companies, uh, you know, um, through our executive cabinet member, Mo Bundin, they, they were there. They were um, they were at the event. They were support, and they support a lot of stuff that we do. So mm-hmm. it was just a really great event. I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of our volunteers. We raised a lot of money and uh, that money is going to stay in Saskatchewan and allow us to continue to build and on the things that we're doing well. Have a great weekend. All right, man. You guys Give too. me some of that, Luther. Give me some of that. Give me a, give me give a, me a fist bump. Give me, give me a fist bump. There we go. <laughs> he's not done. Now he's It's going to be a three-man booth. Hey, we're going to wrap this show up. An interview Blaine Wyland did with Sarah Haniak. She is uh, the organizer for the Rochdale Invitational Junior Basketball Tournament, which is going on there, Northwest Regina. Just want to talk about the background and the history of the Rochdale Invitational Tournament. Yes, so I started at Winston Knoll about 11 years ago, and that's kind of when I got involved with RIT. A teacher was organizing it then. 
So I helped her. And then when she moved schools, I kind of took it over. Um, RIT is a collaborative tournament between our Catholic school on Rochdale, which is Riffle, and then our public school, which is Winston-Ole, where I teach. It is a really large junior basketball tournament with 10 boys teams and 10 girls teams from across Saskatchewan. And we are branching out to Alberta and Manitoba as well. Um, It was super large back in the day. We had tons of sponsorship. We had announcers come in from the radio. So we're just trying to make it as big as it once was. So that's kind of my job. I've really been looking for sponsors and trying to get kids kind of back involved since the pandemic has been a little bit tough. So that's kind of my goal and what we've been working towards. All right. And you mentioned about the teams coming out. Uh, Give us an example of some of the teams that are going to be uh, taking part this weekend. Yeah. So we have lots of in-city teams. Um, We've got obviously Winston Olin Riffle. We have LeBolis and Campbell, Sheldon and Belfer, Martin, and then we have Sisler coming from Manitoba, their boys and girls team. We have Lumsden and Swift Current coming as well. Uh, just can you explain, I guess, you know, in terms of how big of a deal this tournament is? Yeah, um, again, it's we're trying to make it as big as it once was. Um, right now, we're working towards that, but basically, it's one of the largest junior tournaments in Saskatchewan. We have announcers and a bunch of prizes that we give away at halftime. Um, some of the prizes that were given away this year on Saturday. We have gift cards from Aspen Links. We have some sponsorship from Capital Ford, Universal Collision. Rev Auto is giving away a free rental for Tesla for the weekend. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, and just like little businesses around gave me some stuff that we can give out to fans. Samantha, you talked about the glory days of the tournament and kind of how big it was back then. You just want to talk about a little bit more, you know, how big the tournament was back in the day. Yeah, so roughly back in the day, we would have around, I would say, like 2,000 people coming in and out of our schools. Uh, Tons of sponsorships through bigger companies. And again, we're just trying to kind of get that back this year. So this is kind of near the end of the season. This is actually our junior boys and girls last tournament and kind of finalizing everything right before playoffs. So it's kind of a big tournament to get our teams pumped up and working on things going into playoffs. So a chance to get down to Winston and Riffle and watch the Rochdale Invitational Junior Basketball Tournament. As you heard there from Sarah Haniak, it was a uh, kind of on hold because of COVID, but it's back now. They're trying to rebuild it. Of course, it, it whets the appetite for the playoffs coming up in March and what's going to be happening the following weekend at Luther there with the uh, LIT. That'll do it for another week in the Sports Cage. want to thank Zinger for all his great hard work. Next week, we've got Wayne Larave, voice of the Green Bay Packers. We'll get more on the Aaron Rodgers situation. The Kansas City Chiefs announcer. What is his name? Mitch, what is his last name? Oh, it's slipping my mind. Starts no. with an H. Anyway, you Google him and you'll hear Touchdown Kansas City. Holthus. Mitch Holthus. He's great. And we had Merrill Reese on this week. We had, or last week, we had Dan Horde. We've had a great, uh, great stretch of guests that Zingers line up. We're also going to hear from Josh Mahura next week from uh, the where's he playing now? Florida. Florida Panthers. Florida yep. Panthers. He was with Anaheim at one point. Um, yeah, it's been a great week. We've heard from Sam Steele. We'll get uh, Dante to carry on next week. It's have a heart uh, with Western Pizza on Monday. So much to get to. If you missed this show, please check it out in podcast form. We had double the Molliners too. 
That's right. Luke and Luther, who might be listening on the way home. That's awesome. Hi, Luther. Yeah, and thanks, Zinger, for all you've done. Uh, We will talk to you fine folks on Monday. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.